Breaker, what's your 20? This here's the podcast crew. We're hauling up at 901, about to hit the airwaves. Ready for cocktails? Cool characters. And the explosive relationships. You'll only find in cocktail? Well, rhythm. Your blenders. Four. An earful of cocktail. The world's most popular cocktail podcast. That's where you want. Fans of cinema cocktails will find much alike. That is, if you're not some no-good yuppie. Breaker, breaker, good buddy. Expect in-depth analysis, breaking news about the cast and crew, a little barman poetry. And we'll even have a few of Coglin's laws. Coglin's law. Never show surprise, never lose your cool. Right. Hello and welcome to an earful of cocktail. Hello, welcome to earful of cocktail. The last full five. The last meaningful five. Uh, well, the last, the next episode won't even be five. Uh, it will be about three minutes and thirteen seconds. Yeah, which I would say is disqualifying. Uh, no. So you say three minutes can be five minutes? I <laughs> say it can round up. Uh, what you have in the background, thanks to some expert work by our guest, who we'll introduce in a little bit is an amazing example of no it's so hard it's so hard you could prepare powerful stuff uh we have a uh vinyl version of the cocktail soundtrack which we thought we'd lost i think you lost it i may have lost it and it was recovered by our our ex our vinyl expert. We have a vinyl expert on the show today. Do we have the guest? Uh, should we introduce the guest now? No. Okay. Um, should we do uh, key lime pie now? We should do yes. We we'll do key lime pie because the guest is not participating in that. Sure. And then we'll introduce the guest, and then we'll do news, news theme song, yeah, analysis, um, and then we'll uh, say goodbye. And then we'll say goodbye forever. Okay. Um, real quick before this song powerful stuff uh runs out let's talk about key lime pie i've got mine ready you've got yours ready this is the first taste as it were uh most most times you have key lime pie right at the end of a meal uh on this podcast we have at the beginning what do you think is a little different around here all right we both collected the best the most representative quote yes so from this, these five minutes we're going to hand our cards to each other and then we're going to read shows, at the same time. If we match, uh, that's... that's you, you've got an up arrow on yours. Yeah. I've written key line pie on mine. Yes. Okay. And okay. Let's see if we three, match. two, one. The, the bar, bar is, is open. open. Yes. High five. Woo. Great high five, too. All right. Well done. Okay. I, I thought about putting an exclamation point on mine, and I didn't. Oh, well, yeah. Otherwise, we so, would have been we would have been exactly the same, but... Yeah, the bar is open. The bar is Finally, open we're back to the cocktail. bar. This is the five minutes where we get back to the bar where we should have been the whole time. And uh, boy, does it feel good. Feels great. It feels so good. Um, okay, very good. So now should we introduce our guest? Yeah. Okay. Should we? Yes, we should introduce our guest. Yes. I, I confirmed. I'll confirm <laughs> it once more. There was a brief calculation in my mind where I'm like, how long until the next powerful stuff? And I calculated it to be far too long. Well, at least you have some sort of frame of reference as opposed to your usual method is just to <laughs> assume it's happening and just stop. And uh, 
Yeah, I would say that's. Yeah. I would say that's powerful stuff. Uh, okay. Not great. Not great. Welcome, guest. I'm gonna I'm gonna bring you up now. You want to say hello to all the listeners? Hello, I am guest. Hi, guest. Would you like to introduce yourself? Uh, I'm JT. I'm a vinyl expert. A vinyl expert. Yeah, cocktail fan. Cocktail fan. How many uh, times have you watched the movie Cocktail? I've seen the movie Cocktail, uh, including network television with commercials or only theatrical. Oh, all uh, forms. All of them. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I'd probably say about half a dozen times. Wow. Yeah. That's that's kind of baby stuff. Yeah, I mean, that's... Okay, yeah. That's not... That's nothing. Yeah, it's a start. It does sound more impressive when you say it's half a dozen, though. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. If you said six, I think we'd be even less impressed. Yeah, instead of yeah. saying myself saying 50 times, I say half a hundred. Half a hundred. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's much more impressive. Um. So, uh, what is... If you were to just describe the movie Cocktail... Um, in in a few words, what? How would you how would you characterize the movie? Uh, I would start. Well, so here's the thing. I uh, a number of scenes in this movie, I realized that I had I'd messed up with uh, another famous Tom Cruise movie. Oh, uh, Top Gun. Uh, for the for, <laughs> for for quite a while, uh, they're they're quite I, different. No, they are. But yeah. there's a, there's a, there's there's a lot of kind of non-bar scenes in which we are uh, going through. Uh, what I would call angst with the love interest in the movie, and uh, as someone who's seen both of those movies, not a lot. There's potential for confusion. So there is a lot of restaurant scenes in Top Gun. Also, yes. Also, there's a lot. There's as, about as much bar in Top Gun as there is in Cocktail. That's potentially, not, that's is that not, not true? I, if you it, count Jamaica bar, I don't yeah. think it's even close to true. If you count traditional bars. Um, I mean, I it's was, close. It's close because there's two bar scenes in in Top Gun. At yeah. least there's three actually. Yeah. There's there's um there's the uh, Maverick trying to hit on uh, the instructor. Okay. Original. That's the first bar that's scene. A, that's an actual like navy bar. Right? Navy bar. Yeah. That well, they're all navy bars. I mean, come on. There's no civilian bars. Well, I mean, they're all places where navy people hang out. But I think that one's actually run by the military, right? I don't think the military runs bars. They run bases. Well, I mean, they might be private public partnership, but I believe they're actually still <laughs> under the jurisdiction of the Navy, which brings up the time that I was in Miramar and got put in handcuffs because I tried to go to McDonald's that was under military ground. Well, but, but that's, that's not all. the that's not the military running the McDonald's. That's McDonald's If they're holding it hostage and a civilian <laughs> like me can't go there without being put in handcuffs, I'd say it's a it's a military McDonald's. It's a Navy McDonald's. Yeah. I agree. Uh, anyways, uh, cocktail. Uh, what does it mean to me in a few yeah. words? Uh, it well, so the, for the longest time, it was the movie that I thought ended like about three or four times before it actually ended. Like mm-hmm. I always thought around the corner, the ending was coming, and then there was kind of always this little extension uh, that kept it going. But uh, I'm in it for. I'm definitely in it for the bar scenes. I think that's my when I when I think of cocktail because I saw it when I was a kid. I imagine. Uh, that is what I think of is flipping flipping bottles, flipping bottles. We could do an analysis on this. What percentage of the movie cocktail is in bars? I would say offhand sixty percent. Oh, I was gonna go forty. Yeah, I, I w- think it's closer to what Alan was saying. Then how 60. many movies are set one hundred percent in bars? Maybe um, an adaptation of the Iceman Cometh would come to mind. Do you count? Is I mean, my dinner with Andre. Does that restaurant have a bar? Uh, yeah. Does that count? Yeah, that counts. Okay. But there's a short scene where they're driving home in his taxi, but... Yeah. Yeah. Not a movie, but Cheers, mostly mostly bar. 
Oh, uh, yeah. Wow. Not a movie. I no, a movie. but it is mostly bar. Mostly bar. Yep. Like, mm-hmm. like what, 10 seasons of not, bar? Not not helpful. Uh, party Down, mostly not, catering please keep alcohol to other places. Iceman Cometh. It's 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 a bar in which all these alcoholics actually sleep on the floor of the bar. So it's one nice it's one nice confined place. Hmm. Yeah. All right. Well, yeah. maybe that'll be our next uh, film. Was it? Did it come out in 1998? Uh, I think like the famous adaptation, like 73. Close. Yeah. All right. Uh, we should get to. Um, we're gonna do our famous theme song at some point. Terrible. What has happened to these CD players? Not sure. It's the might CD be player. the CD player. Might be our air chain. Who knows? Okay. Uh, it's just. Hey, I mean, hey, crank it up. Okay. All right, it's time for corrections. What corrections do we have? Uh, none, to my knowledge. Do you have corrections? I do not. Do we? Uh, guest JT, do you have corrections? Uh, that's not possible, so no. All right. I do have a. I do have a, a correction to my point of view. To your POV. To my POV. I have a POV correction. I don't know what that means. But okay. Please go ahead. Previous POV did not know a whole lot about. Either um, the new Mission Impossible movie or Tom Cruise's participation in it. Okay. As of as of this morning, yeah, I now know slightly more enough to be highly intrigued by the movie. Yeah, and I know that Tom Cruise learned to fly a helicopter for it. Well, speaking of Tom Cruise and planes, yeah, uh, Top Gun Two announced this week. Oh yeah, huge news! Uh, a few months ago, Haywood Gould in an interview said that he would be happy to write Cocktail Two. This could be big. Yeah, so let's talk to Haywood about this. We should. Is this the episode where we finally contact Haywood no, Gould? We're gonna do, that's much too important to go on air. Okay, good, because I only have an iPad today, so I'm a little... Mm. I don't think I have the means here to effectively contact Gould. Uh, any update from Greg and the Pittsburgh no, Orchestra? No, the Pittsburgh Symphony Orchestra just refuses to respond to our <laughs> queries. We may need to continue pinging them. Yeah, I'd say contact uh, the mayor of Pittsburgh. <laughs> just go right to the top and see what you can do about this. I'd say if you can't get a, a straight answer to something emailed to questions at pittsburghsymphony.org, <laughs> like a fairly simple question. It is a simple question. Yeah, I don't know what's 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 wrong. So, All right, well, that's it for corrections.
I'm going to say right now, mistake-free episode. I would say so. Yeah. Wonderful transition. Wonderful transition. It's it's even better when you talk about it. Absolutely. Yeah. People, uh, you know, transitions go unnoticed, but when you when you explicitly mention them, I feel like they have more value. So uh, this is uh, who let the spoilers out. This is where we spoil these five minutes for you, let you know what you're going to hear, give a little bit of context, and allow you to kind of get ready for the sink, as it were. Uh, so without further ado, uh, should I just start reading? Yeah, I'm going to guess there's not much to read because our, our spoiler writer kind of uh, petered out at the end I mean, here. This is more than he has for his last I piece. mean, the movie's kind of petering out in general, so I, I feel like it's, it's yeah, th- there's more to write about in these five minutes than the last five minutes. Flanagan goes back to Jordan's apartment and makes an effort to get to her despite the security trying to stop him. He manages to get to her and confesses his love for her, even proposing to marry her. Jordan's father and the security attempt to stop him, but it turns out into a fight. Okay. Good. That's what they say. Mm -hmm. Jordan decides to go with him and leave her family. Flanagan and Jordan get married. From the loan Flanagan had worked out with his uncle, he manages to open up his own bar entitled Flanagan's Cocktail and Dreams. So here, he's making an inference here. That is not explicitly stated in the movie, right? That the loan that there's a loan from his uncle that starts the bar? That's not explicitly talked about. Flanagan says he can get a line of credit from Uncle Pat. But that's er- that's earlier and it's speculative. I mean, it happens literally like twenty seconds before the scene starts. I guess maybe maybe <laughs> spending a few weeks in between kind of there's there's <laughs> there's two possibilities. One is Brian says my uncle's going to be alone, and then he doesn't, and he gets money through a different means, or he was telling the truth, and he and Uncle Pat does give him a loan. So, I would, uh, me, I think he does give him a loan. Okay. I'm, I mean, I'm not going to change my notes at this point, but I mean, maybe I should have been less gleeful about my my connecting the dots on, <laughs> on, his, on his bar uh, venture being funded by Uncle Pat. Yeah, I don't think I was very proud of, of how I connected. not be feeling proud about okay. that. Okay. Um, yeah, that's, that's, uh, that's fair. Entitled Flanagan's Cocktail and Dreams. The last scene of the movie ends at Flanagan's Cocktail and Dreams with his advices to his unborn child. He said if it was a boy, he hoped he would have a bar to run and gain a financial windfall. However, if it was a girl, he only hoped she didn't marry a guy like him. This is I like this is straightforward, comprehensive. I I feel like this is a good. It's good storytelling. Yes, it's damn good storytelling. <laughs> uh, okay, that's been spoil. Who let the spoilers out? And who let the spoilers out? Uh, let's 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 have our guest uh, chime who, in on that. Who who let JT? Who let the spoilers out? Unclear. I don't know. I don't know who let the spoilers. We out. know who let the spoilers out. I, I think we 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 did. I think we did. <laughs> Wow. 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 So we're, um, and now we go right into the sink. Yeah, let's go right into the sink. Three, okay. two, one. Wait, whoa, 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 whoa. Whoa. Couple whoa. things before we go into right into the sink. Uh, yeah. First of all, you at home, grab your 20, 20th? What is this? The 20th? It's the 20th. 21st? 20th. 20, you wrote 21 on the on the contact info thing. Uh, yeah. But it but is the 20th. It's I meant 20th. for people over 21 years old. Ah, okay. Very good. Um, twenty. Grab your 20th five minutes of the movie Cocktail. Loop it, lock it. You've already. Uh, I'm also guest out there in outer studio land. 
you've got already got it set there, but you need to have VLC active and you'd be ready to press the space bar when we say go. Ready to go. And there's it's a procedure. There's a three, two, one countdown. Then it's a hand on your head and a right hand on your head means yeah. go. This is not, this, this is, is not test. go. This is a test. Left hand, which yeah. this is left. It's confusing because it's very opposite. Yeah. Okay, but this is for you. calibration. Yeah. Okay, but the right hand, three, two, one, and let's then, skip the calibration. Go straight to. Let's the, go straight to it. Yeah. Okay, okay. Uh, three, three, two, two one. Oh, actually, hold on. Oh, hold on, whoa, hold on. whoa, whoa. Hold the phone. Okay, what? Uh, I realize that this needs to be on. That needs to be on. Uh, that needs to be ready. Are all Chrome windows closed? Uh, everything except for okay. one containing uh, a image search for Kim Nellis. Okay, make sure it's not mining bitcoins or something, because I will. I'll, I got that okay. uh, that Crash Bandicoot uh, Bitcoin miner in your JavaScript. It's great. Okay. Uh, uh, where? How did we get loons all of a sudden? Because it was too quiet. Yep, that's definitely a solution to that. All right, ready? Three, Three two, two, one, one go. Brian, I know you no, can. No. I know you okay. can. Really, it doesn't really no, matter. Listen, listen to me. We're listen synced. We're synced. Wonderful. Okay, so uh, let's start getting to analysis. Um, so uh, I would say, in my estimate, there's three scenes. Uh, there's a scene in which it takes place in Daddy's penthouse. Uh, it's a standoff. It's a violent scene. Then we got a wedding scene. Oh, you, wait, you're counting the violence scene as a separate scene? No, no, I'm saying that this that's the part of the daddy's penthouse. Yeah. yeah, okay, yeah, it is a violent scene, yeah. Yeah, I, I would call it uh, fight time in daddy's penthouse. <laughs> fight night? Is that yeah. the name of our drink? Yeah, fight night in dead. No. And there's so much else to, to, to name drinks after in these five minutes, though. So yeah. I, yeah, yeah. And we have a wedding sequence. Uh, we do. And, uh, sort of. Yeah, if this is something like a Michael Cimino movie, you'd have like 50 minutes for a wedding sequence, but instead of a wedding scene here, uh, it's roughly f a minute. It's a pretty brief wedding. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then we have the grand opening. The the first... Is that is that supposed to be the first day of Flanagan's? Is that... I would say yes, only because Uncle Pat is there. I think that's the only thing that would make him show up. Mm. Although, I would say... Well, let's get into it. Okay. That's my... I would say we'll see. he seems excited enough. Do you think... Well, I think it's... I, I took it more to be like um, uh, pending uh, new kid celebration day. Like that a baby shower type thing, kind of. Oh. See? A toast to my nephew and his happiness. This is the wedding. That's... Okay, I'm getting ahead of myself. You're getting ahead of yourself. So let's talk about the three scenes. I'd say scene one and then scene two... And then let's uh, wrap it up with scene three. What do you feel about that? Uh, I'm okay with that. Uh, JT, are you? Is that a fair sequence? I'm good to go. Okay, cool. All right, let's start with scene one. Okay, so scene one, a lot of violence happening here. Uh, well, there's it's a two-step. Well, I would say first we get schmaltz, then we get violence. I, okay, so let's let's contextualize what is happening here. Um, in this scene, there is a deep sense of urgency. As Brian Flanagan, played by Tom Cruise, is coming to rescue Jordan Mooney from her family and whisk her away with him, it is unclear why there is much urgency here. Or why... Um, well, in that... Yeah, that's unclear. I don't know where she's going. Because... So, as we knew before, the main thing that makes him run, instead of just, like, walk around and just be aimless, there are two ticking clocks here. Uh, one is the ticking clock of she is giving birth at some indeterminate time in, in the future, probably about five months at this point. 
Uh, maybe, uh, maybe. Yeah, I guess he's had time to. I think she's second trimester. I don't. He's know. had time to come back, do the whole Bonnie thing. Like, yeah, that's so. That's that's probably a yeah. couple months. Yeah, I mean, she's not really showing it much yet. Uh, and the other ticking clock is he has now experienced the death of his good friend Douglas Coglum. Douglas Coglum. Yeah. Uh, and he now realizes that he understands the purpose of life is to find true love with Jordan Mooney. So he not only just just does this, but he in fact runs and breaks into the penthouse uh, where she's staying with her family. Uh, and as we knew, he changed clothes, he did a lot of things, but then he like runs in, like there's actually some sort of rush here. It's unclear what that rush. I is. mean, I think he's a man of action, and I think when when it's you know it's sort of like um you know you're gonna order something, let yeah. you know a book right yeah, and then you're like, how can I get it today? Yeah, yeah. Well, it's it's it's, it's, it's I mean, not to spoil a movie. Please mm-hmm. turn it off if you don't want this spoiled. But the end of the uh, the Noah Baumbach movie, kicking and screaming, and there's a scene where he goes off and he wants to go away and fly in an airplane to uh, chase after his love interest. And he gets stopped there because, like, he doesn't have his passport ready. And he's like, he can go back tomorrow, but he knows he's not going to. Yeah. Because he knows if he doesn't do it, like, right when you're feeling it, like, he's not going to get the energy again. Or similar um, corollary, the parent trap. Uh, which one? The 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 Lindsay Lohan one. Okay. Yep. Uh, well, what's, where, I, don't, where I don't remember the plot Ooh, that well. you don't. Well, we're in, we're in uh, the um, sisters, you, the twin sisters... Sure, played okay. like Lindsay Lohan and... And Lindsay Lohan. Oh, okay. Um, uh, use the Concorde airplane... Sure. ...to get the father back to England before the mother arrives back in England to reunite them. So the mother is flying back to England saying okay. like, all right, this is not going to happen. We're, mm-hmm. you know, we're not going to be a thing again. Yeah. And then the the father, you know, the, the divorced mother and father of the sure. parent trap kids. Yeah. The father hops on the Concorde and flies back to England before the mother even gets there by going faster than her plane. Okay. Yeah. So that's so they could be they could get together in America, but it wouldn't be right. No, I don't know. There's not. I forget the exact. I don't. Have you seen the Parent Trap? I have not. Okay. I forget the exact like structure around why they needed to go so fast, but it is a similar thing of like this false urgency of like we need to take a supersonic jet to get there. What was the movie intercutting between the two of those? No. Because that's that's always a big thing. I mean, uh, D.W. Griffith pioneered this back in the 1910s, which is you have some sort of climactic moment and you have a chase for it and a person has to show up and, like, you know, it could be, Mm. like, you know, uh, someone on the ice flows. It could be someone who is going to get hung in a town square unjustly, but there is a rush and then you intercut between uh, them chasing and then, like, waiting. I mean, here we don't get that. There's no, just- <laughs> yeah, no, and then the same thing in Parent Trap. It's just a surprise. And then they drop the line of like, oh, the Concord gets you there in four hours. Oh, I would have loved to see a lot of shots of the Concord going faster and the other plane going I, slower. Yes, yes. And more movies should involve the Concord. Yeah. Uh, Earful of Concord. That'd be good. Yeah. It's all about the Parent Trap. And we could use the soundtrack to Le Concord. I don't know what you're talking about. You don't about. know that? No, you've, you've heard the album of music composed for the first flight of the Concord. I'm not sure I ever that. Have you not heard? Oh, it's really good. Well, let's get in right. a little bit later. Okay, we'll find that. Um, um, but in other words, we have right here, there's this There's this sense of urgency only really because Tom Cruise is selling it. 
that he's running fast. He's like dodging in and out. Uh, it is. As oh, he, he's good at that. Yeah, and and it doesn't make any logical sense that he must rush because like Jordan does not live there in Park Park Avenue Park Place. Mm. Uh, she lives in the mega loft. He could wait for her just to not. Well, but the 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 um, I think he the. Could, I mean, she's still working at the diner. There, it's her. That's him, true. Him There's all sorts in, of ways to reach her. He could call her on the phone. Uh, I mean, where? Uh, in her mega loft. Yeah, I, her, or it, leave a message at the mega loft, or maybe call the she building. Pre- pretend to be someone else that needs to talk to Jordan about, like, you know, the diner. But he's making a big romantic gesture. Uh, which is not only, yeah. I mean, okay, so that's what it's for. That is one hundred percent what it's for. Okay, so let's say he goes in there with what purpose? Is does he mean to, to make a right? romantic gesture? He goes in there with the purpose of making a romantic gesture. But it, okay, so in the end, not to spoil the scene, mm. uh, would never spoil the scene. Not to spoil the scene, but in the end, the resolution is they run away together. They are going to get married, and in fact. Her relationship with her family is ruined. Yes. Is that was were those the three goals that he had when he came? And in? boy, did he accomplish them! Did he want to? Sever- he wanted to instigate. I think he, yeah, he wanted to produce a confrontation. I'm not sure the third. I'm not sure the third one was a goal. I feel like that was just a that was the price. That mm. was the price. Yeah, I mean it's it's all on daddy. This is nice. It's a little busy with this music. All right, all right, all right. It's good though. Music by Frank Porcel, Concord. I've heard that name somewhere else, but um, he composed Concord. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So okay. So you're saying confrontation though is not was not the goal. Well, I mean, yeah, I don't think it was the goal. I think it was it was maybe a necessary. Uh, it was something necessary. And the choice she had to make, right? So he made a choice to to uh, bounce in, and uh, she made the choice to bounce out. So I think it was reciprocal, if you will. Well, it was so. There's a breakdown. There's the way that it sort of devolves. There's a there's a point where he's able to provoke. I mean, maybe he wasn't intentionally trying to, but he's able to provoke violence, which then um, creates a um, division between her and her family. Uh, that's more or less what happens. I'm going to actually sever this so I can pull up the uh, this the screenplay as well to see what uh, happens here. Because because actually we only have one one screen. Yeah, yeah. This I was I was gesturing that your screen is my only Ouch. is my only hope here. Yeah, and it's a little off angle right now. Um. Okay, so I think we so we're about to loop. Let's let's play through this this bit here. Yeah, let's 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 loop it. Let's listen. Brian, I know you no, can. No, no. I know you can. But really, it doesn't really no, matter. Listen, listen to me. Listen to me. Who's on the elevator? Give me the key. I love you. I want to marry you. I've loved you from the first moment I saw you, Jordan. Please, please come with me. Flanagan, get the hell out of my house. Jordan, wake up. Don't you see why he's come back here? He's only come back for one reason, for the money. That's not true. I don't want to think from you. You're not going to get anything, not one penny. He's a loser. I'm not a loser. Please, Jordan, come with me. Get him out of here, please. No, Stay out of this. This has nothing to do with you. Please, throw this bum out of here. Just hold it. Just hold it. Don't go. Jordan, don't go. Okay. Okay. If you walk out of this house right now, just don't bother coming back. I'm going. I love him. I'm going. You're not going anywhere. Jordan, Jordan, stop her. Get fucking hands off her
that that whiny electric guitar. Oh yeah, I was admiring that earlier. It didn't have to be this way, you know. It's the sound of the city. Wow. Very, very shrill elevator tone. <laughs> also, it's going down, so it should be You're twice. You're on your own. It's the only way I want it. Oh, so good. Um, okay, let's talk about this. Ooh, yeah, lots to unpack there. So, as that scene opened in the last episode, he goes in and says, Jordan, I need to talk to you. He breaks the news, which is that Douglas is dead and that he realizes he needs help. And he needs to articulate his help, you know, saying, like, I need to be helped by you, which means uh, marrying me. Um, and then he says, I'm also going to run a bar. I have a line of credit with Uncle Pat. That's, that's what yeah, he says. That's, that's his setup. And then it escalates here into saying, also, let's get married. Um, and more or less, this it's, it's an ultimatum. Yeah. It's, it's an offer. Uh, the problem is he has incurred technical debt insofar as he has a bellboy chasing after him. <laughs> oh, he's a front desk man. And he's not there's, a there's the there's the uh, he incurred, butler. Yeah, and there's the bellman and Big Daddy and and Penthouse Daddy. Yeah, yeah. and Penthouse Daddy. So he's got a lot of uh, of of things to deal with beyond this this simple offer at this point. And how is he going to resolve all this? That's that's the that's the question. Uh, because as he as he puts his offer, suddenly all three of those figures come into the room, and they all want different things, right? <laughs> I like framing it as tech debt. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Because the, the the front desk operator he wants to I guess one protect his job or just do the right thing by think, getting this intruder out. Uh, well, the bellman wants to um be wants to please Richard Mooney. Yeah, I mean, I think he's a he's a mover and shaker within this building. Yes, he's he, the penthouse. He, daddy. O- he owns the penthouse. Yeah, he owns the place. Not quite, or maybe he does. He owns half of Manhattan, so he does. So odds are at least fifty fifty owns this place. <laughs> um, okay, Butler. Butler also wants to serve uh, Mr. Mooney. Yep, a little bit more directly. Yep. I'd say I mean, he's employed by him. Yeah, although if Mooney owns the building, then so is the Bellman. I mean, I'd say the Bellman. It sounds like he has already screwed up by letting him go into the elevator, get upstairs. Um, the bell- so he's trying to redeem himself. Yes, and he's he's making up for what is already a clear failure. The 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 butler, I'd say, has not quite failed yet. He has only like he got pushed in his first room and then he ran the other way. I'd say the bell uh, the butler, you know, not not too culpable. Uh, and and daddy, you know, he. He runs the joint. He he wants what he wants, and he wants to to control his daughter's life. Yep. <laughs> and because she's home this weekend, he apparently has a lot of uh, agency to do just that. Uh, and he says, uh, if you uh, leave with him, uh, you won't get a penny because he makes the claim that Brian Flanagan is only here for the money. Is so? Is she his only daughter or his only child? I don't think we have any frame of reference to know this. I mean, we haven't seen any other children. We've only spent like three minutes with her family so far, so right. But I'm just wondering. So, if she is, and if he's disowning her, where does the money go? Um, I mean, like after he dies. Yeah, 
I mean, I think he's saying it for leverage. I don't know if he actually is going to follow through. Or you think he does just because he has to he has to back up his words? Well, in a sense of, I mean, yeah, we've... we've um, I think you're not getting a penny is pretty, um, de- you know, definitive and, and, and not time-bound. Um, now, I mean, he could come back around. But. Yeah, well, look, let's, let's talk about the disowning. Um, <laughs> I like the rebuttal there. I'm not a loser. Okay, so, so Bellman tugs on Flanagan. Flanagan puts up his arms as if to surrender. Jordan pulls at the bellman. Flanagan then pulls out the bellman to get him off of Jordan, who's kind of, they're both kind of pulling each other. Bellman is the first to punch. Well, there's some shoving. Bellman punches Flanagan. Yeah, but there's some shoving. I mean, I would say the bellman in... I, I think there's no no question at all that way too much, uh, way too eager to do things here. Well, so this is where we get into the security guard force continuum. Absolutely. The Thank SGFC. You. Yes. Uh, this is from Chris E. McGoey, who's a security expert. Um, so the security guard force continuum has five levels of force. No, sorry. Six levels of force. The highest of which is deadly force. Yes. Uh, well, what is the least amount of force? The L- lowest one is officer presence. So just... So like a mannequin offers that. The mere presence of a highly visible uniform security officer or marked vehicle is often enough to stop a crime in progress or prevent future crime. Okay. Right? So that's that's level one. So what we're going to ask... So at each level, basically, the, the, the framework here, the SGFC, uh, indicates that you, you stay within one level... Until that level, you basically you have to use each level, and if that level is not sufficient to stop the the uh, crime or the threat, then you move up to the next level. Okay. So, so level one, officer presence. Was it enough to stop? No. Flanagan was continuing to to be in the apartment to harass the Moonies, whatever. Right. So, so level one implies that you have the ability to escalate up to six. Yes, because if you can't escalate up to six, then your your presence doesn't mean much. Uh, well, no. So that's that is um, that is explicitly stated here, um, where it says, um, um, "Deadly force." Can't, oh, sorry. No, um, there are no rules other than negligence for applying deadly force when it's justified. It's essentially um, saying all security officers can apply deadly force in most states uh, if the proper justification exists. And this is about actually maintaining, like, you can only be on site. It's um, yeah, this is, you are, you are, um, you are the judge, you are jury, being, and executioner. Yes, you, you yes. are being threatened by a crime or a physical threat. In a uh, in a situation where you are guarding something, so the bright red suit with gold little stripes. This is actually a uniformed officer suit. Well, so I couldn't. I looked for specific info about. Uh, I, I I used hos, or, um, a hotel staff as a proxy because there is not a whole lot of literature on um, Bellman and like apartment building staff it's just a lot more nebulous i think what you're saying is you're a bad researcher i'm sure. positive there's a ton of stuff about bill bill Manstead. i didn't spend more than an hour on this so okay um but uh 
what there is literature on are security guards. So I was using that as a proxy. Sure. Which it, it uniform personnel it, it it translates. Yeah. So, um, if if level one, so officer presence that wasn't sufficient. Yeah. Now we go to level two, verbal communication. Used in combination with visible presence, the use of the voice can usually achieve the desired results. Usually. Yeah. Words can be whispered, used normally, or shouted to be effective. <laughs> um, That's how the, you use words, yes. Yes. <laughs> the right combination of words in combination with officer presence can de-escalate a tense situation and prevent the need for a physical altercation. Uh, so as Are you we've seen, and then break it down. Like two A is whispering words. However, not all aggressive people respond to words alone. I don't think Brian Flanagan was responding to words. He was not. He was not. Therefore, level two verbal communication insufficient. We move to SGFC level three. Yes. Level three control holds and restraints. Okay. Certain situations may arise where words alone do not reduce the aggression. Case in point. Sure. Sometimes security guards and security officers will need to get involved physically for self-defense or to take someone into custody. Um, an expandable baton or PR-24 can only be used at this level as a self-defense mechanism to block blows or temporarily restrain a suspect. Handcuffs can be used as a restraint device if a security officer has been trained to do so. Um, not every suspect needs to be handcuffed. Da -da -da -da. So this is um, about like not actually performing force upon them, but... Just, I guess, making your presence to to stop things from happening. To restrain them from doing something, yeah. yeah. From, from you know, go, going in, inside an area they're not supposed to be, or et cetera, right? Which is what happens here. Which is different than removing someone from a place. That's true. That's true. Um, this is um, more geared toward... Well, this is more geared toward restraining someone in preparation for an arrest. So the idea is that eventually the you know the police are going to come and actually make an arrest, but you, because you are on site and you're the security guard on site, you are taking this action to enable that to happen in the future. Is, is Brian technically committed the crime? Is this breaking and entering? I believe it has. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, but if he just went up and says, like, I'm just up to see the Moonies, then he goes up the elevator and knocks the door and then just kind of sneaks in. Is that breaking and entering? I don't know. I didn't I didn't dig into that he aspect of it. He shove the butler. Well, that he's seems... clearly an unwanted person by the owner of the, the, the apartment. Sure. That's clear. Yeah, but you can walk in an open door, and that's unwanted. Sure. sure. Yeah. Um, uh, and then a couple quick other points here. It is important not to pile on top or leave the handcuffed suspect face down on the ground too long to avoid, quote-unquote, positional asphyxiation. Hog ties should not be used by security officers. So just some tips there. 100% agree. To yeah, and totally followed in this situation. So, But as we see, control holds and restraints, not sufficient. I agree. I 100%. So let me see right here. Uh, yeah. So this just comes to mind right here. This is for Bellman. It's a rules of engagement. Yes. And uh, I mean, and in the scene, he's also getting engaged to Jordan Moody. I just, I just want to point that out. Uh, yes. Yeah, yeah. The rules of engagement. So I'm just saying that's a possible for uh, for cocktail names. Oh, rules of engagement. Just keep that okay. in your head. Keep that in your head for yep. cocktail possible cocktails. It's in there. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Poscox. So okay. So. Um, so Flanagan, okay, is there is there more here? I forget where you. Yeah, then up. we escalate. So okay, so here we sorry, go. So a, down. A, sorry, what's yeah. a control hold? Control hold. So uh, yeah, I skipped over a little bit of detail if here. One was actually. Did, did he attempt a control hold here, or was it? I know? think the attempted control hold of of shoe. Of Jordan. Let, let, let's not get. Let's talk only about Flanagan. Okay. Right now. Okay. So I don't think he attempted a control hold of Flanagan. Well, the thing is, mm. Flanagan was not actually doing more crimes. His presence was a crime, which I think means that. One, you say, 
get out of here. I believe that who told him to get out? Um, I believe both the Bellman and Richard Mooney. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Uh, and he did not respond. He did not respond to, to that. Yeah. Uh, and I think control. Holds no, we're easily at SGFC level three. Yeah. I, well, I yeah. think there's no there's no restraint here because he's not doing stuff. He the just, minimal force would involve the use of bare hands to guide, hold, or restraint. Guide. He is guiding. Or is he guiding or, him out the door? Is is Brian Flanagan proposing to Jordan, oh. in fact, a crime that they need to actually restrain him from doing? Would covering his mouth to stop him from proposing <laughs> be? be in, in the rules of engagement P- here? Possibly. It does say restrain, right? Which So uh, this does not include offensive moves such as punching, sure. tackling, and choking without legal justification like self-defense from bodily injury. But without shoving. Pain compliance holds could apply. Okay, but like if you're holding someone to drag them out of a room, is that okay? Yes. Yeah, okay. that's okay. fine. No, but it's the punching where things escalate. Yeah. Sure. Which is what we're going to investigate next here. However, weirdly, level four goes in a very different direction. <laughs> <laughs> SGFC level four chemical agents sometimes when the suspect is violent or threatening more extreme but non-deadly measures must be used for self-defense to bring the suspect under control um, like it is assumed that other phys- other less physical measures have been tried or was deemed inappropriate when used by surprise pepper spray and tear gas is an excellent distraction allowing the security officer time to get away call the police or subdue the suspect um, so basically yeah tear gas or uh, pepper spray or alcohol or, yes, or alcohol. Um, pepper sprays have a blinding effect, and care must be used to uh, must be used. Those spray victims do not call, fall downstairs or walk into traffic or operate motor vehicles. Hmm. Yeah. So okay. So chemical agents. The problem is, Bellman. Uh, well, I think they're indoors. I think this is kind of implied you're outdoors. Okay. I mean, now I we. If you're at a supermarket, if you're, I mean, that just comes to head probably because I watched Mac and Me in the last month. Yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah, I mean, it's a chemical engines you don't use inside. Okay. Yeah. So then, so no chemical agents available or feasible. Sure. Level I mean, you probably left them back at the desk. SGFC level five. Okay. Temporary incapacitation. Sure. To use force under level five means the situation was so extreme, violent, and immediate that it was necessary to temporarily incapacitate a suspect prior to the arrival of the police. Are we in that situation? Um, I don't think so. I think I think three was still being a- attempted, and I think that uh, if he stayed on the three program, it would have been fine. Mm. Uh, but look, go ahead. Okay, I mean, so here we've got you know baton blows to the suspect's head. Um, we've got chokeholds. Um, we've got I assume, I mean basically this is where I'm, I think the punching the you know lies right. The punching is an attempt to temporarily incapacitate Flanagan. So it's SGFC level five. Okay. So we just have to ask, was it warranted to move from four to five? Million dollar question. You got to hold. Yeah. You're dragging someone out. Yeah. Are you able to throw them out? Uh, in One, onto a street, or two, into the vestibule. Onto a street with moving vehicles, no. In fact, this does talk specifically about like... But what about like the sidewalk with no music, mo- no music um, vehicles? No, no musing vehicles? Yes. Uh, if there's no moving vehicles on a sidewalk, or let's say it's a vestibule in front of an elevator... Uh, are you allowed to throw them in? Because that is what I think the so. bellman did. I think I'm not so. sure this was actually useful. If I was mm. the bellman in this case, I would hold him and actually continue holding him into getting into the elevator. Instead, he went up to the door in front of the vestibule and threw him into the vestibule for no clear reason. Mm. And I'd say that would be a tactical error. Mm. Would you say so? Yeah, well, I think, at least according to everything I'm seeing here, it's mainly about... Um, uh, uh, restraining and incapacitating the, the suspect 
as opposed to um, flinging the suspect. I mean, do you think the bellman? I mean, I don't want to get inside his head. Mm. I cannot attribute motivation. I do. Was he was he full of like such rage that he's like, I'm not just going to hold this guy. I'm going to throw him onto his face to prove a point. No, I think in his head he's probably working through the the SGFC levels and is thinking now is the time to escalate because I've used prior means. So level five, would that include throwing a guy in the vestibule? If that was the best way to temporarily incapacitate him. I don't think it was. Well, then that's that's that issue here. If he was holding him and he just punched him in the face a few times, Mm. I would say that would be much more likely or a sleeper hold or like to break his neck, one of those things. Um, I would also say that I think the goal of the uh, SGFC is to not to escalate, but to de-escalate the situation. Absolutely, fact, thank you, uh, <laughs> thank you. Yeah, I'm, I'm not sure that uh, that I, it actually is a pretty non-violent situation until the bellman got involved. Because <laughs> let's talk about okay to talk about the escalation in the movie. Bellman starts dragging him out, which I think is a bit. I mean, I think maybe not necessary, but I think I think justified. Well, let's, let's be careful. He's first commanded by. The father, yeah, to get him out of here. Mm. Sure, right. So he and holds that's him when it happens. Yeah, and then it was working well until he flings him into the vestibule. Jordan Mooney then comes up, and she's so angry that he has been flinged. She starts punching Flung. him in the back. Flung. Thank flunged. you. Thank you. He has been flunged. Uh, she starts kind of pounding on his back. Uh, yeah, and I think that's. And then there now we have a an immediate threat. So and I, 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 the first time I saw this, I thought she was actually just trying to get out, and he was trying to push her away to make mm. sure that he was expanding the the mission, as it were, to keep Jordan in, keep planning it out. Mm. I would say Jordan in all this should be not of no concern to the Bellman's mission. I think he, well, I think he was trying to keep them apart, I guess, but that seems also irrelevant. yeah. Again, yeah, it's his 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 primary, his only mission really is to get. Flanagan is to stop Flanagan from coming into the apartment first of all. If he chooses to accept it, which he yeah, does. which he he failed at. <laughs> well, he accepted it, but he didn't ex- execute it. Yes, yeah, and then if Flanagan is in the apartment to get him out. Sure. Well, I, again, or, going back to the father. Sure. Uh, again, the father yells, "Stop her!" <laughs> at which point the bellman <laughs> uh, tries to restrain her. So he is actually the one driving the situation. The, the bellman, left to his own devices, I think may have actually handled and followed the SGFC correctly. I don't right. think. I don't think if you're a bellman for any purpose inside someone's apartment and there's a domestic affair in which a father commands his daughter not to leave, I don't think the bellman is justified to stop the daughter from leaving. Well, this brings me to a, a key line at the end of the crime uh, uh, the crime doctor. Is this your key line? Um, no. Um, in a crisis situation, fear and adrenaline have a way of accelerating the force continuum. Practice and ongoing training exercises will ease the effects of stress and make the safe outcome more predictable. So I think we have fear and adrenaline playing a large role here. It, it can it can it can make the situation worse. Accelerating the force continuum, yeah. But it can also lead to movie magic. That's true. That's yeah. true. And that's what we have here. And and just before we before we leave off on here, just to just to make sure we're all clear, the next level beyond temporary incapacitation is deadly force. Uh, and that did not happen. I'm like. <laughs> No, not quite. Yeah. I mean, so, okay, let's talk about, I think we decide, uh, problem more. Okay. Okay. You walk out of this house right now. Just don't bother coming back. I'm going. I love him. I'm going. You're not going Go. anywhere. Jordan. Jordan, stop her. Get your hands off her. She's pregnant. Yeah, stop her. He does respond to stop her. 
He's just a robot. He's a he's a he's a temporary incapacitation robot. Well, which of the uh, three rules robotics is he breaking here? Um, don't harm humans. He's he's harming humans. Mm-hmm. Uh, is he through an action causing harm to, uh, to to fall to humans? Oh uh, well, they're in conflict. Yeah. Mm. Uh, okay, so to go back here, the big question is. Jordan gets an ultimatum, say, you cannot leave. If you leave, you're not getting money. She is, the bellman is now blocking the door after throwing in the vestibule, and she pounds on his back. One of two things. It's either to actually get retribution for throwing Flanagan in the vestibule, or two, to just gain entry to the vestibule. It's to try to get past him, yeah. Yeah. Is, yeah. is blocking a doorway... Where, where does this fall in the uh, rules? Of- um, well, so here's where it gets tricky because she's... Right, let's give full sourcing here. This is CrimeDoctor.com. Yeah, CrimeDoctor.com. This is this is uh, uh, Chris McGoey, security expert. Sure. Making places safe. Um, he has a book on premises liability litigation. Um, so... This, well, so the problem with Jordan getting involved, though, is that Jordan is not breaking any laws in this case and is not trespassing she lives there yeah she's not doing anything wrong yeah i think if anything she has more of a right to be there than the bellman does i mean she did assault someone but well that okay that's fair that's fair well i think there's okay so there's two questions here one is is the bellman just through incompetence as it were is he hearing it stop her and he takes this as an order because he steps away from what his actual job demands are um I mean, I think... You, are you saying, is he to blame for following an order? Well, I think... Okay, so Mr. Mooney yeah. yells, stop her, which, I mean, that could happen in any situation. He's yep. overcome with emotion because he just tried to bribe his daughter, and then she walked away. So you're saying, what should the bellman do at that point? Yeah, I think he's he's, he's disoriented. He's His temper is flaring, and I think that he just hears something and he obeys because, I mean... Mm-hmm. He knows who the good people and the bad people are. And Mr. Mooney, he's a cool guy. Yeah. And so he stops her. I, I'm trying to remember. He stops her by grabbing her or she grabs she him? She pounds or on his back. She pounds she on his back. He turns around and shoves her back. Ah, right? okay. Is that is that the, how this goes? Yeah, roughly, yes. We're going to get a loop here in a couple yeah, minutes. But you could say at that point he is under threat because she is, she is essentially attacking him. Let's do a punch-by-punch punch analysis next time and, around. And I that think that good. puts us firmly, you know, it past... Level three, I'd say right um, to level six. I say right. To, I think he's authorized to use deadly force. I would say if I were doing this, I'd say the bellman should take out a gun, uh, one headshot to, to Flanagan, one headshot to Jordan, and then Chris, and then movie over. Yeah, I think one action item for your uh, your next show would definitely be to uh, make sure you email this segment to the crime doctor uh, and get his take on we, your analysis of the situation. There's a non-zero chance we could get the crime doctor on this show. That would if we, be, yeah, that'd be good. Yep. Because we need all <laughs> we can to fill out the credits. Um, okay, so um, do we? And, okay, do we want to? We want to watch the sure, fight one more time. Is that happen. our? Let's do punch, uh, punch by punch, punch blow by, by blow, blow, blow okay, by blow. Let's talk about um, there after it escalates. At some point, uh, uh, Flanagan punches the bellman or th- pushes him, and he goes into the modern art piece. And that's when the bellman punches Flanagan. He, he gets up from that, goes back, and well, well, let's let's do yeah. blow by blow. Which I would say is temporary incapacitation in response to a threat. Well, I would also say it is actually 
massive uh, damage to property insofar as they have a clearly expensive art piece, which is now destroyed. Mm. Brian, I know you can. Okay, so no violence. No violence is happening. Uh, words are being used. I mean, we have, yeah, we have significant... grabbing her arms there, I think, is what's insinuated. Like, mm. listen to me, listen to me. But... Yeah, it's demand. Mooney is gaining entry to the room. Verbal. Using words. He's, he's, he's beyond presence at this point. Aggressive arm actions. Bellman standing. He's at level one. No, he's at level two. He's using voice. No, no, Mooney is. But oh, oh, Bellman's at level one. Yeah. Now he's used a word. Now okay, now he's dragging Flanagan. Yep. Dragging him. Dragging him. Throws him into the vestibule. Jordan decides to go. Pushes to gain entry. She initiates the the physical threat toward the bellman. Yeah. For sure. Now she further pounds his back. Yeah. Oh, wait. Was No, no. Bellman had already punched Flanagan yes. before she yes. started pounding his back. Yes. Okay, yeah. And then Flanagan punches back. So yeah. he's getting double teamed here. I he, think... So, I, I mean, I think it's fair to argue the bellman needlessly escalated some parts of this. But I think in every case, you can argue that the threat was established by someone else toward the bellman before he responded to it. That's why this is great uh, great screenwriting. Yeah. Because it's at no own. point is you're just a bad guy. Right. Yeah. It's left ambiguous. If this was like, if Al-Qaeda jumped in the room and just started attacking them, you'd say, this is unrealistic, I hate this. But because it's organic and escalates naturally. Okay, so let's let's do the blood bill one more time. So he is dragging him out, throws him in the vestibule. Jordan tries to get an entry, pounds on his back. He turns around and holds her and pushes her back into the room. At this point, Flanagan comes in and uh, kind of tangles with him a bit to get her to stop holding on to Jordan. He turns around. At this point, he is executing a hold and is being wrestled with by another guy. What should he have done in this case? Um... He should have. He should have had Flanagan in a in an incapacitating hold. Oh no, sorry, but in a he, restraint hold. He, he lost hold number one. He did. And he yeah. started hold mm. number two. Was that a mistake? I mean, he should have had. He should have had uh, chemical. How did it refer to it? Um, uh, chemical agents. He but, should have had chemical agents on him. So four is just off the, off the table. He doesn't have. Chemical he doesn't agents. have chemical agents. Also, him losing the hold, I think, is a generous description of what happened there. I mean, he he let go. Right? Yeah, he lost it, it. it seemed like he did for panache. He yeah. threw him into a room. Well, I well, think, I think it's, the it's, goal was to close the door yeah. after that. There's, the vestibule has a door. Yeah, that, that would have been a game changer. Yeah. <laughs> and the movie would have ended yeah. with them forever apart if he got yeah. to yeah. Is there anything in, in that about closing doors? No. Oh, well, that... Well, I okay. think... I mean, this is meant to be general, right? Sure. It's meant to apply, you know, no matter what the terrain is. Um... And it seems like if you could somehow isolate someone with a barrier, that would be a good. Thing yeah, to do. That, that might. I mean, maybe. The, yeah, I have not I seen that called out hold. here explicitly, but yeah, it's type of hold. Yeah, but in general, the priority is to to restrain and or incapacitate the uh, the aggressor, the suspect, in preparation for law enforcement arriving. Sure. So he is doing a hold. On, on perpetrator number one, perpetrator number two tries to push him, and he puts a hold on her. And then number one, he comes back. He immediately escalates to five and punches him in the face. 
Yeah, that's true. Yes. And was this justified? Because I don't think number three was going to work anymore. Level three of no, it's if he's already tried level three and it does not work, and if he has no level four is just not viable because it doesn't have any chemical agents on he him. He could have tried to get the uh, the butler to help out here. Um, no, no, that's that's not that's not at all. I mean, if you if you he need, he need a backup. Well, but if you if you think of the butler as being essentially a civilian, sure, not an officer he of the backup of the, the building. Lobby. Yeah, well, no. What he should have done initially is called law enforcement, right? In terms, I mean, there's not, there's, there's, again, all this is done in preparation for restraining someone for law enforcement to arrive. But in this penthouse, he is the law, <laughs> right? No, <laughs> I respectfully disagree. But okay, okay. Um, okay. So he escalates to five by punching. Yep. At this point, then Jordan not only shoves, but punches repeatedly to the back. He does a stronger shove to Jordan. At this point, Flanagan punches him in the face uh, into the modern art. Yeah. Um, and at this point, deadly force is authorized. And he fails. So he screwed up numerous times, and then he fails to actually escalate. Escalate to yeah to yeah. deadly force. Yep. yep. Yeah. So that's unfortunate. Uh, but, but maybe this is why he's a bellman and not a security officer. Sure. Uh, it's not in the cards. So let let's talk briefly the modern art piece. Do you take a good look at this? No. Uh, so it is. Uh, it's a red circle on top of like a bunch of gray blocks. Mm. It seems to be not connected by anything, and then there's a large black uh, arc. So mm. there's two things come to mind right here. One, the red circle is very much what you see in the flag of, of Japan. Oh. We're about to see it here. And the the arch is very similar to what you see in a samurai helmet. So a, a weird piece of orientalist art. Okay, let's see what let's see what he does. Yeah, a lot of just wrestling. Oh boy, it it um it falls apart spectacularly. And let's be clear, this is the second time in the movie that Brian Flanagan does direct or indirect damage to modern art. Is is that a? Do you think that's a? Uh, it's a motif. The motif, yeah. yeah. Uh, I mean, he's the, trying to tear down. He is an earthy man of the people. He's a mere yeah. bartender. He's not part of this hoity-toity art scene. Mm. Um, You're on your own. It is. It, it looked at it. So the, what I saw it as is a um it's like a like what you would put a sword on yeah it's like a sword stand i think you could say it's modern art you could say it's a samurai sword samurai sword stand it's the ideal triple s yeah okay uh what was there from scene one that's it that's i I also wrote laying on the schmaltz this movie has gotten very boring okay so let's talk the urgency is trying to being told to the audience if there's a static camera here this scene would look weird and stupid Mm mm-hmm Instead, this like when Jordan's, uh, when Mr. Mooney comes in, we get a behind-the-back kind of shaky cam. We break through the scene. Then we cut around. We get a bunch of, you know, kind of like uh, Paul Greengrass-type shots of behind-the-shoulder, close things. F- things feel claustrophobic and scary, which makes you feel like, okay, escalation is in the cards. Mm. Uh, and this, this quick-cutting and, I'd say, unnerving kind of uh, camera setups make it feel like something is happening as well mm-hmm. as the fact that music is extremely overbearing in the scene. Yeah, the electric guitar, uh, I mean, we've seen it previously of just the, the the feeling of the... It's overbearing in both the small scene as well as the 
violence mm. and 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 getaway scene. Yep. When really this is almost a non-issue. This is really primarily not a physical altercation as much as a rearrangement of the relationship between Brian and Jordan, mm. which does not really. It's not a dramatic scene, really. Yeah, largely, I don't, I don't blame the father for his actions. I mean, I mostly blame the electric guitar for <laughs> escalating the situation. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, okay, one question. He says, keep in mind, you're on your own. And he points out in the es- in, into the elevators, walking away. Is he talking to Brian or talking to Jordan? That was unclear. That I was unclear say, to, me. to me. I thought he was talking to Brian. To me, I think he was talking to Jordan. Yes. And what's funny is Brian says, yes. It's like I wouldn't have it any other way. That's why. That's <laughs> why I thought he was talking to Brian. But it's, it is, that is very funny. Isn't that incredible? It's the most Brian Flanagan thing to do, which is a guy talking to his daughter. Says like, "Sir, are you are you saying that to me? Well, I would. I'm an independent man. Thank you very much. <laughs> it's very funny. Um, okay. All right, are we done with scene one? I believe so. Okay. Woo. On to the bar. Sure. Okay, so this is now a wedding scene. We open with an establishing shot of uh, of Pat's Tavern uh, out in Long Island City, uh, overlooking uh, overlooking Manhattan, mm-hmm. uh, and I believe it's, it's right in the subway. Great location. I mean, I'm sure that if he owns this place outright, he's doing well. So uh, we now we hear the strains of the Everly Brothers. When uh, when will I belong? Oh, and it just everything just softens and gets so nice. The wedding and is happening. it just beautiful. That's not it. That's not it. That's well, late. That's, what that's we hear late. a little bit later. That's you know what? We'll get that. We'll get to that later. Oh, we don't have the Everly Brothers on the soundtrack, huh? Yeah, it doesn't. Oh, have there it is, though. Wow, no, we just heard no, that. No, this is the last scene. I know. I know. We'll get there. All right. Okay, so um, let's talk about wedding guests. Who did you spot at this wedding? I spotted one person in particular. I spotted three familiar faces and then a fourth. Actually, wow. Okay, matters matters where we're going. Okay. Well, so we got Uncle Pat. We have okay. We have oh a, three a, familiar faces. Um, primary uh, ages, Flanagan. Flanagan and Jordan. <laughs> Jordan. Okay. Uncle Pat. Uncle Pat, who is in this case. The, the, the father of because of, I believe his parents are dead so he steps into the role yeah yep uh, okay who else we have here Eddie we got Eddie we have a real good Eddie shot I can't imagine a scene uh, happening at Pat's Tavern without Eddie mm. he's uh, always there he's always welcome uh, we have one uh, one of the main waitresses at Friday's oh yeah interesting just a friend yeah she was the one who says like I am a bitch yeah uh, by the way, this is Earful of Cock- uh, Cocktail here in KCSU Stanford. Thanks for listening. Uh, Let's listen to the podcast, and then it's not. Yeah, she's the one. Yeah, who says like, uh, who when they're first getting primed back in uh, back with uh, Coglin. So it's nice mm. that they're still friends. Mm-hmm. We get one more special guest. Who could it be? Who could it be? Did you catch the special guest? I, I definitely did not. So what I was when you when you told me there were there were more people than you might expect in the wedding scene. Yeah. My initial. What I jumped to initially was the extras from the bar in Jamaica. That would be great. Because that would be amazing. The guy who wanted the drink from the brochure? Yeah. Yes. (laughs) That would be so good. I first met you, Brian, when I wanted that drink from the brochure. And now I'm seeing you married. Yes. Um, Oh, one that would make sense would be Dulcie. Uh, nope. I don't in theory, so. she's good friends with Jordan. I don't so. know. Pay attention here. Pay attention. One person who would make sense 
lot of lot of just randos. That guy. It's it's it's. What does that guy do? That guy's the guy. He yells in a previous scene. What does he yell about? He yells about. I need you guys to work for me. I. Oh, he's the guy from the cell block. He's the cell block proprietor. He's the cell block. He's the proprietor of the cell. He's their former employer. He's his former employer. Yeah. Wow, that's amazing. Isn't that insane? It kind of makes sense he'd be there. It. I mean, they're good friends. There. I mean, he worked for him. He yeah. he talent spotted him. He owns the joint. He owns the joint. Uh, so that is that is the guest, and they're standing in a line. It is it is Uncle Pat, Eddie, mm. Friday's waitress, mm-hmm. and then cell block guy. You know who else is in this scene? Um. Who else was in those earlier scenes? Um, so here we see here, Friday's waitress, whoa. Eddie. Yep. Uh, there is Soul Buck Spider. She's got her arm around Eddie. Yeah, well, they're good friends. Uh, nice brooch. Uh, so by brooch. the way, yeah, so watch my finger. Wait, 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 wait. <gasps> no. Richard Mooney is in the shot. I was. That was going to be my guess, was her dad. Not... I mean, looking kind of happy. I found the best shot I could of him. I he is in the background, mostly out of focus, yep. in the shadows, and for three or four frames, you could see Mr. Moon in the background. I mean, shot. you don't do that without it being intentional, right? Well, okay. There are two possibilities here. One is the scene was carefully crafted in order to give you the subtle effect that, that Mr. Mooney is in the background. The second possibility is he was meant to be a bigger part of the scene. They shot additional shots and they oh. didn't use it. Oh, like all oh, the redemption, like he's back or he forgives yeah, so them or left something. Yeah, the cutting room floor where oh. it's confusing. It was like, mm. oh wait, why is he dancing with Jordan? Because aren't they, uh, aren't they actually estranged now? Mm. So instead they cut those scenes, but he still shows up the background of the mm. shot. I would say I buy say, that. I buy I that. I think we treat the film as canon, so I'd say that he is at the wedding, but just not a very important figure. <laughs> I think that's the takeaway. <laughs> he's just well. No, what about that? He's secretly attending it. Ooh, I like that theory. Yeah, he wasn't actually invited, but he found out where it was, and he's standing there watching his daughter get married. You know, but not able to actually participate. Yeah, I would just say as it is, it's incredibly funny that he is in the scene, but just in the background and almost almost unnoticeable. That's nuts. It's really yeah. funny. Wow. We got a really large fly in the studio right now. Yeah, we do. Yeah. Um good in here. Twins! Yeah, yeah, you got there's no no flies in the outer studio. No flies in the outer studio I can report. It's a no fly zone out there. Um okay. What um uh so that okay, so we have a wedding scene. So I say I, I wrote in all caps back to the bar, thank God. Back to one of the bars. Way bar. It doesn't matter. This movie is so much better when it's in a bar. Okay, so let's talk about the bars we know. We know Pat's Tavern. We know Fridays. We know the Cell Block. We know the Jamaica Bar on the Beach. Mon. Mon. Uh, we know uh, any other bars we know. Um, we we see uh, Flanagan's Cocktails and Dreams at the end of the movie. Cocktail and Dreams. Uh, did you you included uh, Coglin's Bar? The the oh, yeah, the um, hysteria. Hysteria. Yeah. So that's, we get the boat. Six the boat bar. Bars. Yeah, the boat bar. Um. I'm not a loser. Please, Jordan, come with Do you me. think he still thinks he's a loser, or do you think he's actually, like, melted his heart? He says, like, actually, this Flanagan guy I like. You mean at the wedding? Yeah. Uh, I think he's accepted it. Sure. 
that it's going to happen. Sure. I don't think he's he's now a huge fan of Flanagan. There are two a questions Flana here. Fan. One is, did he actually follow through on his on his plan, his ultimatum, which is, Jordan, if you leave with him, you won't get a cent. Is she still disinherited? I think so. Because so, there's no because sign that there's any money coming in other, other than from Uncle Pat. But I'm still going to love you. I'll still show up at your wedding. Secretly. I, I'll still think your husband's a loser and, and say so. Openly. Yeah. I think I think for her to technically be disinherited, he would have to die. Uh, well, I think that's it's a state of your will. You can be disinherited while you're alive. It's a, it's a it's an action. It, sure. To, to disinherit someone. You're on your own. It is, but I think there's a there's a lot of uh, having been involved in similar things before. I feel like there's a lot that could go on there. That have you been disinherited? I have not. Hmm. I, I know people that have been. Ah. Uh, and it turns out that even if you're disinherited, uh, that's that's not final. Hmm. You can re- get, get you can get reinstated. Post post mortem. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Huh. Um, you know, someone, for example, uh, signing under duress mm. would be uh, a reason. Yeah. Uh, actually, pretty common with el- elderly folks mm. is a uh, a rogue family member comes in and gets them to sign a new will ah, under duress. I see. Um, and. Uh, you know, things happen. Well, just in general, uh, when when anything weird happens, people can always sue and just say, like, I yeah. just don't think this will is right. Like, Leona Helmsley disinherited most of her family, or at least did not give them as much as they would if they're just split evenly, and instead actually paid for large donations to charities for animals hmm. in order to make a large number of animal shelters no kill. And her family says... This is kind of goofy. She gave it to dogs instead of us. So then they sued and actually got it changed, and then they got the money. Which is <laughs> so like, would you say that they were disinherited still? I think they were partially disinherited and then sued and got reinstated. Okay. Which is, I think, pretty dumb, but okay. okay. Yeah, you got to make it airtight. One guest I actually spent time looking for in the scene, by the way, and I, ex- I really expected her to be in the scene, uh, the Megaloft uh, Hallmate. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, there's there's tons of Jordan friends that did not make it to the wedding, right? We okay. got Dulcie. We got the other... She was there with someone else besides... Oh, the champagne... Wait. Yeah, so yeah. this is... This champagne is, this drinker. Is Alan. Dulcie. Wedding, wedding planner. Owen. Who, who, who would you invite it? Yeah. Dream, dream, <laughs> dream wedding. Dream wedding. Ooh, okay. All right. We've got... Owen. Owen. Yeah, absolutely. Owen, top of the list. Owen, who guy, is the ambulance driver. Ambulance driver from Jamaica, Mon. Yeah. Great, um, great guy. Uh, Dulcie. Dulcie, good friend. I mean, yeah. actually, Dulcie should be in the scene. She should absolutely be in the scene. I did not can't see her. Uh, especially given she was Tom Cruise's assistant. Um, yeah. So she must have been there, around. I mean, um, I think it would have been a nice gesture to have uh, Kelly uh, uh, Kelly Prognan in there. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Carrie Prognan? Yeah, that too. <laughs> Kelly Lynch. As Kelly, the, the Kelly and Carrie sisters? Yes, exactly. No, um, no, um, I think that would have been a nice gesture. I think it was kind of rude they didn't invite her. I think it would have been cool to have Coglin, but in the style of um, you know the re-edited version of Star Wars, where you have like the the you know holograms. Yeah, the the yeah. the people, the Jedi, the dead Jedi, kind of show up on the log at the end. Well, that's the original, but they changed the actors. Oh, okay. All right. Well, the, the, it was exactly. Originally, just some like, random dude, and then they put Hayden Christians in there. Ah, nice. Yeah. I like it. That would, um, been, that would have been a good Easter egg. Is to actually just put him in the crowd, like in the in the corner in the yeah. shadows, like in in style of the father. And yeah. they they tried it, but they got uh, Richard Mooney instead. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they couldn't bring him back. They, they had, had the to, stars. They had to put Mooney in. Yeah. Um, who, okay. Who else would you invite? Um, I would let's say see. The, the three Barbros from Jamaica. 
Yeah, I mean the Barbaros from Jamaica and the guy that yeah the guy that wants the drink. Yeah, those. Um, I mean Owen for sure. Um, who else we got? Oh, oh, Coral. 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 They're on bad terms. Coral led to the end of Paradise. Sure. Okay. But I think it would have been very big of them to invite Coral. Yeah, I think they should have at least extended the invite to Coral. Yeah. Um, and I would just everybody who's listening to closing credits. I would say the couple in the diner uh, who yes. are laughing when he gets a food place. They were him. wronged. Yeah, I think they should have been invited. Um, oh, uh, Bonnie. Bon- oh, yeah, Bonnie would love it. But much more importantly, yes. Uh, I can't remember his name. You're the, tra- the the artist. Uh, you're talking about Robert Powell. Robert Powell. Oh, that would have been great. And he he actually reworks their modern art in the Jordans uh, in, the, in the family uh, <laughs> lobby. Yes, would have been great. Uh, so it's just kind kind of weird. Yeah, Butler and Bellman. Butler, yeah, Butler, Bellman, yeah, everyone should be there, actually. Okay, so let's talk about this. Uh, this scene, it's playing When Will I Belong, and he's just going, he's like happy as a, like a stupid hog. He's just saying like, well, I, I finally feel like I belong, guys, you know? Mm-hmm. I'm getting married, I'm loving it. Like, this is my kind of place, being mm-hmm. an Uncle Pat right where it is. Uh, I mean, thematically, this is kind of, I mean, I think... You have to look at this as a very essentially conservative end for the movie, which is, you know, don't don't change where you are. Go back home. Go mm. back to your roots. Go back to where you came from. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's that's the end of it. And in this case, there's a very specific thread in the movie, which is don't dream of denying the genetic predisposition you have mm. to where you are because as we know when Colin says you're just some Irish you know you're some Irish guy you know you're never going to be anything because you're Irish and then he finally comes to, you know determines with it saying yeah yeah, I'm Irish I might as well just say I'm, I'm kind of like Uncle Pat just this loser guy is going to run the bar well wait, wait wait no but I mean he's still he goes to he he moves in this direction Sure. With the underlying plan of still continuing on his track to open up his franchise and you know and, and start a business and all that. It's very. It's not that he's just going to like oh I'll just go hang out with Uncle Pat. It's very weird. The movie started. Uh, he is looking for a job and he is and he told, finds love instead. He is told he can work for his dad's old job, which is working for McDougal. Yep. And he says I'm not but doing that. Down by the docks. Uncle Pat never offers him credit for a bar or to work for him at his bar. So just being a well, bartender. but at that point he has he has no experience as a bartender. By this point, at the end of the movie, he's a very experienced bartender with a proven track record, including working at some of the most notable establishments in the city, such as the Cell Block. So is the lesson here that Uncle Pat should have actually taken a chance on him, and he didn't? Well, I think if Uncle Pat had taken a chance on him at the time. Uh, it wouldn't have, it, it wouldn't have worked out because he didn't he needed a skill build first. I mean, he needed Coglin as a mentor. He needed to go through this whole skill building process. Sure. If Uncle Pat had just said, "Yeah, I'll, I'll I'll give you the money to start a bar," I think he would have failed dramatically. <laughs> he would have failed in just being like the third like the third bartender at Uncle Pat's place. He would yeah. have just been bad at it. Yeah, it took Coglin to mold him into a star bartender. Was this part of Uncle Pat's plan? No. Okay, I'm just saying Uncle Pat would not have seen value originally, and now Uncle Pat is seeing value because Flanagan has proven value in multiple circumstances. I mean, he he ran a successful bar in Jamaica. He ran a successful uh, bar at the Cell Block. He was, in fact, he was headhunted to the Cell Block. I mean, he's got a resume at this point in but, in bar uh, in bartending. 
But it's very interesting that instead of the idea of... I guess here's a key question. Is the movie about Flanagan being independent and a self-driven businessman slash just a person who achieves everything he dreams it out to be, or is it the fact that he had to go back to his roots and ask for help? Because that is the end of the movie, is mm-hmm. he was like just... He had no hope anymore, and then he finally no got rid of his ego, and yeah, and and, uh, and no jobs, uh, and he was. It's all very true. Yeah, I mean, in 1988, we did have hope, and cash, and jobs. Not Byron Flanagan. Yeah, uh, and he finally says, "I'm going to you know suck up my ego and go to Uncle Pat," and he got his bar financed. Mm-hmm. Um, it's so what I think is a interesting weird, it's a weird though. Fusion, right? Because it tries to get the best of all worlds, saying you got to go back to your roots. Realize, don't be a millionaire dreamer; just be a humble barman. But you should also be a master flair bartender and also open a very flashy joint. I, I mean, I see it a little differently, where it's like it's it's actually it's almost like he now has leverage over Uncle Pat because again, he's demonstrated his capability such that he can now go to Uncle Pat and say like, "Hey, give me money; I can be successful with it." I, here's you know here here's like a proven model that I have versus before which would have been hey Uncle Pat I'll do whatever you tell me to like you know just give me a way to you know survive. Well, question two is what is the difference? Where did Coglin go wrong and Flanagan go right? Coglin aimed too high too soon. He well he did two things differently. One is he went to establish a bar without heart. He established Hysteria, the hottest club in, in town, mm-hmm. but it did not have a heart. It didn't come from an authentic place of love. Mm-hmm. And also, and I think much more importantly, he got money from his wife's family mm-hmm. instead of his own family. <laughs> so because <laughs> <Sure>. <laughs> he was actually, he had a wife who was not financially dependent upon him, he was uh, basically cuckolded by her and, you know, was just despondent and killed himself as he should have because he made a mistake whereas Flanagan correctly performed a ritual of disinheriting his wife to be in so far as Jordan is now completely dependent upon him Mm -hmm. and now they're going to have love because she's economically has no choice but to stay with, mm. stay with Flanagan. So things are as they should be yeah. versus in a state of dissonance as a result of going against societal norms. I would say that the scene in the Mooney's penthouse, an unskilled viewer would say, like, this is actual conflict. I think uh, the anthropologist would say, this is a ritual. This is a ritual in which Flanagan, in kind of implicit cahoots with Mr. Mr. Mooney, says, please disinherit your daughter. Mm. And they walk away and they both get exactly what they want, hmm. which is Flanagan gets Jordan and also, importantly, gets Jordan with zero money. Mm. Yep. Because the original rich chick is is a problematic uh, wife. For everyone, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Hmm. Does this sound correct? Yep, yeah, that's I, 100%. Yeah, I do appreciate the... I mean, I think we were talking about the bars he worked in and the decisions he made. I do think the... Like, actually looking at the bar he's created... Is interesting, right? Well, that's the next scene. Uh, do we have anything more? Yeah, to that's say? that's yeah. jumping ahead, which is fine. Sorry, you we know, will. I mean, I think we don't have six twenty-one. We like we like to go slow. Okay, we'll make sure we have time. Methodical. Okay. Yeah. Uh, no, I think we are ready to move on to the next scene. Sure. Uh, so, scene number three, we have it at. Uh, okay, what do you call this? What do you call this bar? Because I'd say there are, I'd say three names you can call it. So many names. You got Flanagan. Wait, hold on. Sure. Let's let our guests go first here. Absolutely. I don't, well, I, What's the name of the bar? 
Oh wow, I'm being presented with that exact thing right now. Uh, I would I would have to say it is. I think the bar is cocktails and dreams. I think. No, I think it's Flanagan's. I think it's Flanagan's. Okay. Yeah, and I think cocktails and dreams is the aspir. It's like the it's the subhead. It's the aspirational. This is why you come in here. Mm. Cocktails and dreams. So this is like um. It's it's like it's like the the McDonald brothers burgers and fries, and the franchise is going to be McDonald's. Yes, yeah. I, I would so. say it's confusing. Mm. I would say you should probably have one one piece of significant branding, and then run with it. And I think he should have stuck with Cocktails and Dreams, mm. insofar as I think it's a good brand, and like Flanagan's is I think one generic, not memorable, and I'd say also the branding is is pretty generic i mean just looking at the the from a design perspective you've got the big all caps very large sign which you could say is meant to be more of a kind of the what the locals call it kind of thing like you know the 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 type that's on the side of the warehouse but like then you put the actual sign uh, of the new business kind of mm. on top of it kind of thing mm. uh, but i do think it's flanagan's i think cocktails and dreams is kind of Beer signs, like some of those beer signs in the background, there are a little bit about the same size as, as the cocktail and dreams. You saying the bar is called Miller Genuine Draft? Well, it's not in the window, so no. <laughs> so I, I think it's interesting because I think the movie implies there is a synthesis at the end of what kind of bar is Cocktails and Dreams, and I'd say if this was a soulless yuppie bar mm. like the Cell Block, like Hysteria, it would like from the outside it kind of looks like that, but you mm. go inside. And it has a touch of Uncle Pat. Oh, yeah. Ours has yeah. a wall full of just beer ads. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's actually, I think, pretty... It's got, like, Christmas lights all over the bar. You know, there's, like, these little dotted lights all over the bar. Yeah. Well, and that's the comment I was going to make before in the previous scene was when I moved us forward was that I feel like his different experiences, like, he didn't build the cell block here. He mm. built... He built something that came from his heart. Well, he built a synthesis of the things that mattered from each of those places. Mm, yeah. That's what a good bar should be. So, okay, distinctive things about Flanagan's Cocktails and Dreams. I would say one is... Uh, a lot of neon. Yeah, incredible investment in neon lights. <laughs> this probably cost a lot of money, and let's consider Uncle Pat is a tightwad, mm-hmm. and I'd say he has invested a ton in physical space mm-hmm. the place incredibly high very ceilings. large space mm. incredibly high ceilings mm. for no good reason at all because we see this in a couple places do we One, know where this is at like where the i would say specific location if it's, you compare the establishing shot from pat's tavern which is long island city i'd say it looks kind of seedy run down lived in you look at the established shot of Flanagan's Cocktails and Dreams, I think this is Midtown Manhattan. I think or it's upper, totally Midtown Manhattan. I think it's meant to be... Upper East Side. I'd say yeah, I think is, it's meant it's, to be near where the TJ Fridays was. Which is insane. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't think this is the kind of investment that, one, should happen just as a business rule, and two, thematically makes sense with the conclusion of the movie. Yeah. I think what would make sense is he establishes a bar in Long Island City, which is... But then he would be competing with Uncle Pat. In a different place. Yeah, I guess. I mean, the way I see it, I, I, I don't think Uncle Pat has direct control over the business decisions. I, think, I, I don't know about that. No, he gives them a lot of credit. I, with no strings attached. I, yeah, I don't think so. No, you way. don't think so. Well, then how does yeah. how do all these purchases get made? Uncle well, I, Pat's not springing for neon. I think any kind of fixed 
I think any kind of fixed costs for investment, yeah. I think overseas, I think operating, of course, it gets leeway. Yeah, that's what I mean. But I, I, mean, but buying- I could see him not being involved with the neon, but not involved in choosing the location. No way. Okay, that's no true. Way. That's this fair. This is an incredibly yeah. expensive operation. That, yeah, that's and right. When you go there, this is incredibly expensive real estate, and he's on top of the bar, and you see there is a brick wall behind him, which is like 25 feet tall. <laughs> For no good reason. It's mm. ridiculous. And you go to the left, and behind them, there's beer heads on the wall. 25-foot wall. Like, what is this space? It's weird. Maybe, it's a warehouse. Uh, yeah, well, I, I mean, maybe Uncle Pat had a plan B. Maybe In this case, was existing real estate Uncle Pat had. Yeah, I, I, yeah. I'm thinking maybe, yeah. Like, the, this could have been, had things not worked out, like, he could have repurposed the space for something else he had in mind. I mean, yeah. so I am basing on the idea that it is it is expensive Manhattan real estate based on the, I think, you see the, you see the establishing shot, and it is, it is kind of clean. Here we go. Yeah, look at this. This I'd say the taxi driving by the Christmas lights oh, wow. and the plants oh, really, that is, really you tell you it's, high it's up end. Side, yeah. You see yeah, that's three nuts. taxis, three taxis in four seconds. I'd say this is a very expensive real estate. But he but the decor inside is it is kind of like TGI Fridays meets like a comedy club. It's a very weird thing. It's a, I, I like I mean I would go to this bar. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah, it's it's got it's sharp but it's also uh friendly and comforting. Yeah. So, yeah. Okay, it's the best of both worlds. <laughs> so let's talk about I mean it is interesting. The original dream of Cocktails and Dreams are Coglin and Flanagan make money themselves in Jamaica and finance it itself. But in the end they got it Uncle Pat financed. Mm. It's a it's a weird choice that like this is the lesson. It's like don't finance your own bar, get Uncle Pat. Uh, also, he says right now that he is going to uh, he is going to franchise this. Mm-hmm. Is is there enough, every suburban shopping mall? Is there enough IP here? To- well, that's what the cocktails and dreams IP is, I guess. I mean, I think um, it's a pretty strong IP. Uh, I'd say the real value add is the fact that you have a master bartender who can flare. Yeah. Is he going to set up a training program in which he's going to set up a whole army of flaring bartenders? Th- if if so, is that something you can continue to control? But I think this, I would I would look at this very similarly to something like, a, you know, a Guy Fieri, Gordon Ramsay. That's personality you know, based. Well, I mean, Flanagan's also personality based. I don't think he's that famous. Just the, just the flare of his personality. No, it's a, it's a, you're taking the, like, you know, you understand you go to a Guy Fieri establishment. Guy Fieri's not going to be in the kitchen making you a burger, but the burger's going to have the spirit of, well, I'm sure Flanagan's going to design the menu as well. Is that a skill he has? No. Okay. No, it is. It is actually, because in Jamaica, remember, he talks about his famous rum, uh, his famous rum something, rum concoctions. Yeah, it's the uh, the Juice d'Amour. Jus d'Amour. Juice d'Amour. So I feel like Jus d'Amour is going to show up on this menu. That's That already exists. Sure. There is a uh, there is an existing franchise out there that's entirely based, well, not entirely, I would say 50% based on training people in flair. Can you name it? Uh, Coyote Ugly? Nope. Okay. Well, I mean, I, I, mean, I could, maybe. But I, is that flair? I don't it's flair and then also skimpy yeah. outfits. Um, uh, I'm thinking of Benny Hanna, of course. Oh, oh, that's a great point. Wow. 
Yeah. This is a, that's a flare based experience. Yes, that's a that's that a, a good point, very good but, corollary. So there's a the question like you So have, when Benny Hanna originally, you know, was cooking in in the first Benny Hanna's. Yeah, Mr. Benny Hanna. Mr. Benny Hanna. Yeah. Benny Hanna Sr. Yeah. yeah. Um, Did that seem scalable? I think here's a here's the difference. The difference is if you are a chef who can chop up food, throw it around, it's hard to take that to most restaurants to have a value add. If you are a flaring bartender, what this what this movie shows us again and again is you can take your skill set to any bar and add value. In the eighties. Today it would, it would you would not be successful at most bars. If you started any, trying to flare. Hairdressers were also rock stars in the eighties <laughs> I'm just saying it's it's Paul Mitchell was if this was about him being a chef who does Benihana stuff, he could not go to any restaurant and say, I'm going to start flaring my food because, you know, sure. that, that doesn't actually add to the experience. Whereas any bar, you can do that. Yeah. So I think Benihana's has a captive audience of chefs because they can't just leave for a different restaurant because they won't be valued. Hmm. Whereas any bartender he trains for Cocktails and Dreams can go across the street and take away their human capital. So, well, assuming that they, these, I mean, we haven't tasted these cocktails. So <laughs> I mean, they they could be not great. Oh well, it's the eighties, so they definitely were not great. But okay, so one okay, so doesn't one mean people question, didn't love them. One question is: Is it weird that in the first ten minutes of the movie, he announces his 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 idea is I'm going to create a chain of restaurants that will be franchised in every strip mall. Suburban the, shopping mall, yeah. Yeah, exactly. And then at the end of the movie, he does that. So, like, he didn't even He's learn... He's on the path to do that. He but, didn't yeah. even learn the lesson. He has stayed with the same trajectory he has from the beginning of the movie. So this was my larger objection to the franchising idea is not, like, is his IP franchisable? It is, is, this, is this a viable model, the idea that Flanagan's or, or Cocktails and Dreams is conceived here? Is that going to work in every suburban shopping mall? Absolutely not. Everything, like, TJ Friday's. You can scale that and get a bunch of minimum wage workers just doing the TJ Fridays thing. And we know from experience, that's fine. It's not mm-hmm. great, but it's fine. And mm-hmm. it works. You are really franchising the IP of striped red and white stuff. Mm-hmm. You're franchising what later came a set of appetizers of Jack Daniels, soaked chicken tendies, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. I don't think he's adding that much value in this sense. I, 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 ju- I'm, I doubt it. Mm-hmm. It's weird. I would say well more. I think. I mean, the idea of a hip, kind of trendy, entertaining bar living in a suburban shopping mall. It doesn't. It doesn't like that. Those two things don't. I mean, when I see the front, the the exterior of Flanagan's, I think of something that could work on like you know a, a University Avenue in Palo Alto or like a yes, yes. you know yeah like like a like a very. You know, high-end downtown area. It is worth mentioning. Friday started out as a mid Manhattan in you know, mid Manhattan bar for singles when that was unusual, mm-hmm. and then eventually transitioned in being a like a chain restaurant for families. Mm-hmm. It's it's because they could not scale the hip singles bar mm-hmm. to be a franchiser. Right. So you're saying this this idea is going to have to adapt in order to scale, and that's fine. There that's are two fine. possibilities here. One is that Uncle Pat has pumped in a ton of money into what is a terrible venture. <laughs> Two is that he has not, which I'd say most sensibly would be 
that this is a dream sequence. Mm, mm, mm. A reverse dream oh, sequence. I would say so. Mm. I think this is the end of the movie, ends at the wedding, uh, and then, like Al Creek, uh, we cut ahead in his, his last fleeting moment of his wedding. He imagines what his bar <laughs> would be. But, of course, this is incredibly, one, narcissistic, two, stupid, <laughs> three, just unfeasible, uh, infeasible even. Mm. And I just say, like, I don't think anything about this could happen in the reality of the movie, which is already strange. Mm. The cell block, I believe. Mm-hmm. Hysteria, I believe. I don't believe this. Mm. This is unbelievable. That And perfect. Yeah. This is an unbelievable film. I, I just, I don't think this last scene is canon. Mm. I think it's a dream sequence. Okay. That's just I, my, so I will say a couple things. One, I did try and um, uh, detail any alcohol I saw in this scene. Did you detail the bar or the beer ads yeah. in the wall? Yeah, uh, not the beer ads. No, well, that would the, the actual the bottles is what I was looking at. Sure, sure. Yeah, um, and we have we have a Guinness beer tap that was very clear. The other beer taps much harder to see. We have Bacardi White Rum. We have Seagram Seven. We have Jose Cuervo Gold. Multiple bottles of Jose Cuervo Gold. Yeah. Um, and then he makes a drink here. Uh, actually, one I'll point also point out Uncle Pat was holding I think a Miller Genuine Draft. Um, Flanagan makes a drink. On the bar. Woo! Finally, he's back at it, uh, and and it's interesting. So he pours one thing. It's it's about a it's a it's like a rocks glass type thing. Sure. Um, he pours something, and I couldn't tell what the first thing was, and then he pours Cuddy Sark Scotch into both glasses. So was it like a Rob Roy or something? What's a what's in a Rob Roy? It's a it's a Scotch Manhattan. That could be it. That the other thing was was what vermouth. Yeah, yeah, that could be it. Maybe I will, we'll take a closer look. Um, I mean, there just aren't that many mixed drinks that involve scotch. Yeah, Robert so, Roy comes to mind. I'm not sure what else would be. I mean, a scotch and soda. Um, okay, so we haven't talked enough about kind of the relationship between the two, Jordan and Brian Flanagan. Uh, so in this in the, in the wedding, there's this weird back and forth. We didn't talk about this, hmm. and I feel like I'm going to go back to talk about it. Uh, they have this charming back and forth saying it's like this is crazy huh like you're gonna want to divorce me in three weeks and then she says you're probably going to divorce me when i get fat it's like well long as you don't get too fat i mean this is banter it's terrible banter yeah with that i mean has the banter been good previously i just i mean i would say you know this is not this is not uh west wing it's I mean, the entire last three minutes of this is all like a victory lap. Like, yeah. there, is, there is nothing happening here except Brian Flanagan being elevated. Like, here's the guy who did everything right. And it's very, very odd. Uh, I would like to allocate time for Pageful. Yeah. Okay, g- give me some music on the Pageful. Wow. Okay. We don't want to see what drink he's making here? Okay, see, right there. That's the first thing. That looks like Canadian whiskey, honestly. I know, right? And then he puts Cuddy Sark Scotch in it. That's definitely Cuddy Sark Scotch. I know that for sure. So is it a half Canadian club? Half I don't. That's why it's weird. So it's very weird. Yeah. All right. Here we go. And we are doing a little page full of cocktail. Please give me music, like something that's not. What? What's wrong with this? I can't. I want to talk not over words. Tell myself I want no more of a again. What's wrong with that? There's there's something you can play What's right wrong with there. that? 
Nothing wrong with that. It's a lot, lot wrong with that. All right. See, if I didn't have that ready, I feel like you wouldn't have had the excuse there to say there was something I could play. Okay, so here is a very weird, uh, or I'd say not weird, interesting distinction. The movie ends with him saying, the bar is open. The book ends. Yes, it does. The book ends, the last page, saying, bar's closed. (laughs) Okay. Is this a little Haywood Gould in-joke? So here are ways in uh, in which the book is different, is in the book, you have a kind of fantasia of having something which is too good to be true but it is of a very different cynical bent in the book he still marries uh jordan who in the book is dolly mooney but he doesn't love her he is cynically marrying her for his money hmm. uh, for her money her yeah well it's his money now nice nice um and there's just like these weird i think interesting beautiful sequences in which he is going through that because he knows he's so exhausted he's so miserable and he just wants out of this like just continuous cycle of being this desperate bartender that he marries her and he gets into this very like ritzy upper class waspy uh situation and this sounds like bonnie uh well bonnie's also in the book, bonnie's but, also in the book but okay in that, he doesn't right. like her scene in this he's like mm. i'm just gonna get money i'm gonna be a writer it's gonna be fine and they all kind of accept him because she's a black sheep they're not on good terms she comes back it's like okay she's married this bum well at least our daughter's back because she's like this burnout hippie drug user in the book mm-hmm. uh and there's this really nice scene in which he is before the wedding uh going to confession and like it's it's this uh well what'd you do that for what oh, you just change, change, i'm okay. just maintaining a good volume of the music behind this segment yeah I told him I hadn't been in confession in 20 years. Maybe I just hadn't been ready until now, he said, but when I discovered its benefits, maybe I'd return more often. I told him I'd lost contact with my family, hadn't called my mother in for over a year. Everyone will be reunited for this happy occasion, he said. I told him I was a heavy drinker, I used drugs. I understand you're a bartender, he says. That seems to be an occupational hazard. I told him I had contemplated suicide on several occasions. That kind of depression seems to be a consequence of heavy drinking, he says. It has to do with brain proteins, I think. I misused and exploited women. I engaged in sex without love. I committed adultery. I'd stolen from my employers. I didn't love Mooney. I loved another woman. I was only marrying Mooney for her father's money. Wow. I didn't want to bring a child into the world, I said. Even if it was born healthy, even if it survived into adulthood, it would be destroyed. It would never be happy. No one was. The world wasn't structured to make people happy. Wow. Uh, and he starts. He just starts crying. I mean, in this, I cut through the rest of the things. The the the, the priest is giving him kind of co- like consolation, but he just really lets himself out of just how miserable he is. I can't face the fear. I said every moment I'd be worrying about a million things. What if some crazed mugger killed my wife and child? What if the kid were born with a birth defect, or developed an incurable illness? What if the house burnt down? I'm not worthy to be a father. He's he's really just. He's, the 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 Flanagan of the book is an incredibly introspective person who at the end of the book kind of sleepwalks into a world where he just kind of muddles through and makes it work, reaches mm. a sort of superficial maturity. Uh, there's a wedding, wedding sequence, and it's actually kind of nice. He, he brings some friends he's made from different bars. And that they, would have been perfect. Yeah, and, and uh, he actually makes a few drinks. He makes a... Uh, 
uh, he makes a uh, drink for his old friend. He makes a zombie for uh, the father-in-law. Ooh. And everyone's like, it's like, look at these good drinks. And they just kind of, he feels like wanted in a way that he knows he doesn't deserve it, but he's just kind of, it's everything is fake. And he just kind of realizes, okay, you know, this is actually a good consequence. I'm just kind of, just kind of fitting in upper class waspy society, uh, cynically. And you know, that's what everyone does. They all, they all muddle through. Uh, and it's kind of the opposite of the of the movie in insofar as he is authentic and is not introspective and just kind of breaks through <laughs> to, like, to doing his original dream as opposed to kind of just completely checking out on life and kind of coming to terms with it. Yeah, I don't think I don't think the the it's, it's, at large movie going audience wants to see Tom Cruise completely check out on life uh, at the end of the movie cocktail and this goes to i think a primary question which is the end of the movie cocktail does not work no well there's first of all there's like three endings yeah uh, describe the three endings so one is when he puts a bottle to Cogno's neck goes to jamaica that's yeah. in the first 12 minutes and i'd say you could end the movie there yes uh no i think one ending is after Coglin dies uh, well, you need clo- the closure is where does he what does the he closures he reads the note and he's done I mean if if that happens that's a common third act thing is like you death mm. you have a, a bit of darkness you realize what's important and you do it mm-hmm. but the movie not only does that in a kind of like you're moving ahead uh, but it also makes it like this weird heist of Jordan from the place and then yeah. He establishes a bar, which is really cool. It's yeah, like, I mean, the- definitely the wedding felt like an ending. Yeah. And then the bar was another ending on top of that ending. Sure. So there's that for sure. For sure. I swear I'll be the best dad I can. And never, ever <laughs> get spooked again. He, he reads a poem, uh, Brian Flanagan's advice to his unborn child. Yeah. He says two things. What, One, it, it is a great title for a poem. Flanagan's advice to his unborn child. Very catchy. Says, if it's a son, they get he, to run cocktails and dreams. If it's a daughter, nope. Nope. They get to marry a good <laughs> <Nope>. guy. <laughs> so that's pretty fun. Yeah, it's fun. Yeah. Um, so, by great, the way, great this, poem. Drinks are on the house. I love Uncle Pat. No, drinks are not on the house. No, no. Yeah, this is real. Don't which do it. it. Isn't. Yeah. He's going to lose all his money. Like Drinks on the house? Yes. Or you mean his tendency? A lot of people in that room. A lot of people in that room. And two is I think this speaks to a fundamental personality defect of Brian <laughs> Flanagan yeah. that you should, not, you should not trust him to run a bar. Uh, yeah. Yeah, if he on this, uh, I mean, this is a very special occasion. He's found out he's going to have twins. Yeah. Therefore, drinks on the house. You want to see his double feature? He stands up at the end and he yells, "Twins!" Uh, 1988 movie, Twins. Wouldn't it be great if they did a double feature at that time? And then he yells that, and you just opening <laughs> credits of Twins roll right into Twins. It'd be great. And then the Parent Trap. Yeah. Um. Okay. Do we think? Uh, so do we? Do we find out if it's ever if it's a son or a daughter? Or is it that's no. Just, there's twins. Well, actually, Haywood Gold said he is he's has a plot idea for Cocktail Two, yeah. which is that he is now, you know, in his fifties. He has two daughters, his yeah. twins. Hmm. They're all estranged. Yeah. So <laughs> is this in the? So I, was gonna, I, was, I was gonna ask: is, is this in the Coyote Ugly universe? I hope not. I mean that that would be an interesting twist. That would be interesting. Um, 
I think, but here's my problem. I think the end of the movie is instead of being introspective, it goes full in into he is a pea-brained kind of just reactive like he he actually devolves as a person he mm. becomes a worse person at the end and it's I, I, th- I just think nothing about that works I mean this ending is like I mean there, a lot of 80s movies are right like this right like like mainstream 80s movies it's like it's it's the chorus of the song right it's the thing everybody wants it's it's the break in society happened. you, you yeah. get remunerative uh, you, you 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 went out as far as your business succeeds you met you, you get the girl but you don't become a better person no yeah that's <laughs> But the movie, I think, is capable of that. But what's really funny is the story of Cocktail was shoehorned into something which is so, like, so incredibly wrong. Shoe. Shoe. Could you fix it? What will be your fix for the end of the movie? Uh, real quick, I'll say that has been a page full of Cocktail. Sure. Um, my fix for the movie. Um, I mean, I we've talked about this. It could have ended on the boat. Mm-hmm. No, it couldn't. Uh, yeah, on the boat. Um, it's um, uh, um, Doug Coughlin. Your, your ship is certainly full of bombs. Yeah. I just think, I mean, I think the end of the movie that would work is he doesn't get the flashy bar. He deserves a small bar mm. that he finds at least some contentment. And like, it would, and if, if what he if, calls it Uncle Pat's mm, bar and mm-hmm. he runs a second franchise for Uncle Pat, yeah. that would be a good ending for the movie. It's like he mm, learns yeah. to be selfless I think he, and yeah. he learns to serve his oh. uncle. I think the problem is he can't get both. He gets the girl and he gets the bar. Mm. Yes. I think he either yes. has to get true. the girl and not get the bar or he gets uh, the bar and doesn't get the girl. Yep. But he yeah. gets both. Very He's, good. I, I and he, There's two things. He could work for Mr. Mooney, which yeah. I think would be such... Like I think that would actually be real maturity is mm. he does something he hates because he knows it's the right thing to do or he like runs a kind it, of a we, dippy bar without personality. Didn't he originally come to Manhattan to work for someone like Mr. Mooney though? It's weird. That was his whole thing. Yeah, it basically yeah. was. Uh, but those interviews were clearly not, you know, that was clearly it was dissonant with his with what he actually wanted. To be franchised in every suburban shopping mall. A dynasty! You're founding a dynasty! Now! He has everything. Yeah. The man who has everything. arrives to bless our clan. Yay! I guess the ish will certainly hit the fan. <laughs> but this I shall promise to thee. I'll never let her marry a guy like me. Oh. Still... If our child's the naughtiest of girls or the wildest of young men, I swear I'll be the best dad I can and never, ever get spooked again. Yay, yeah. (laughs) Bet I can still spook you. No way. Twins? Twins. Twins. Yes! <laughs> the and the movie Twins yes! plays. Uh, okay, so there it's yes. I I thought of an ending. Yeah. Uh, Carrie Prognan takes over. Um. Uh. Hysteric. Hysteric. Hysteria. Hysteria takes over management of hysteria, and he goes to work for her. That would be interesting. Yeah. Uh, so I think it's interesting. He says here at the end, it's if the daughter is naughty or the son is wild, mm-hmm. which we know from the opening credits, 
What is the opening song in the movie? Um, wild, wild again. thing, wild again, wild again. That's his wild dream thing. to be wild again. Yeah, and I mean, is is Jordan naughty? Is he wild? I would say not. I'd say kind of, no, kind of, not really. She left her like she disappointed her family. Sure, he tries to create a franchise of bars. I mean, it's, it's pretty wild. It's wild and naughty within a very uh, banded range. Uh, I don't know. It's weird. And he says, I will not be spooked again. In the past, he's gotten spooked. He is not mature enough to get bad news and not run. Mm. And then finally, he is mature enough to hear the news of something shocking, which is twins. And he is crap spooked. But he says, I'm going to man up and give away drinks and ruin my uncle in, in certain <laughs> sense. That's that's the conclusion. I just so, realized the um, this says Concord. Oh, that's that's sick. The um, what's it called? Uh, vinyl expert. Yep. What's the a, what's the thing that stylus. um stylus stylus? stylus? What's the, the the head cartridge head? Cartridge, cartridge head. Yeah, you're not the vinyl expert. We have a vinyl expert in the studio, and and I'm getting all my answers from my co-host here. What, what is the what? You need to actually. Ask the, the it's it's it's. The needle is here. It's then, made by Ortofon. Yes, that's the cartridge. The cartridge. Yes. The cartridge says Concord on it. Oh, okay. How cool. pr- how prescient. Yeah. Okay, let's design a cocktail. Let's design a cocktail. This is called Drink of the App. <laughs> All right, this is Drink of the App where we design a cocktail based on this five minutes. So you gotta you gotta work with the lyrics. You gotta work with them. Sure. Sure the human voice is back there, but it doesn't matter. Should it be called Rules of Engagement? This cocktail is called... It's clever. Yeah, but you don't think there's already a cocktail called Rules of Engagement? Maybe. I'm not sure. I'm, I'm going gonna, gonna to search for that. Okay. Rules well, of Engagement So, So, cocktail. JT, what do you think yeah. thematically this, this drink should, should have? Based upon these five minutes, what kind of drink does it evoke for you? I mean, if I think of the entire five minutes, it's hard, right? Because you you have literally a violent scene, and then you have <laughs> the exact opposite of that, which is this yeah. this a healing scene. Yeah, a healing. Well, it's a wedding, mm. right? It's like the literally the exact opposite, and then you have somebody realizing their dream. So, I mean, it, it definitely would have to be a cocktail that takes you on a journey. Like it couldn't be a flat kind of cocktail that just like has one flavor. I think you want, mm. you know, a little bit of a evolution as you as you drink whatever you're drinking. So, mm. and then the other thing that that I thought of too was, I mean, I'm looking at some notes here in front of me, but the twins moment is, I think, an opportunity for mm. an interesting cocktail. Ooh. Oh, it's a it's a drink. Yeah. Two cups. Yeah. two cups, yeah, two cups, or maybe something that would float on top of something else. Mm. But like something that I think could give you both bring the twin element in, but also bring the contrast of these two scenes together. I like I like twins even being part of this st- like the title as it were. Mm. Um, twin rules of engagement. <laughs> <laughs> um, sure that works. Okay, so what do we got in this? What, what's the what's the base? What's the base alcohol Cuddy here? Cuddy Sark. I like it. Okay. Cuddy Sark base. Um, I mean that. So this this adds some smokiness. Smoky. This adds some uh, scotchy. Scotchy. Uh, what? Uh, yeah. I mean, Cuddy. What plays against it though? Something a little sweeter. Yeah. Something representing the sweetness of a young unborn child. 
Uh, like maraschino liqueur. Yeah, well, 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 Luxardo. Luxardo. Luxardo and Cuddy Sark does not sound bad. I'll say that right now. Yeah, that sounds. Yeah. So Luxardo is maraschino, right? Yeah. Okay. I would call it maraschino instead of the brand. Maraschino liqueur, yeah, instead of the brand, yeah, yeah, that's fine. And I would call it just Scotch instead of Cuddy Sark. Um, Scotch. Say, we let's say Scotch recommends yeah. Cuddy Sark. Cuddy. Yeah. <laughs> Recommend Cuddy Sark. Yeah. Um, um, okay, you're gonna have a good drink going on here. Okay. I think, does this twin like maraschino cherries? <laughs> there you go. And then we could actually cut the Luxardo. We could or the, the maraschino no, liqueur. No, those are two but, different. Yeah. Okay. Maraschino, two or um, two cocktail onions. That, that sounds not, much worse. Not yeah, that would be very bad. Um, two olives, none of that no, would work. Need, okay, sweet. two maraschino cherries. Sure. To represent the twins. Twin fetuses. Yeah, and you you with a knife with a sword through them. Yes. Good. Yeah, okay. That represents the violence. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, two good. maraschino cherries with a sword through them. Okay. Um. I mean, maybe you hit it with a little soda, but I. Oh. Or a little um, little ginger. Ooh, I like that. A little ginger ale. I feel like what this doesn't, you know, looks maraschino. Mm-hmm. I feel like we have sickly sweet, which is perfect for this. Mm. Well, Luxardo <laughs> is a little bit drier. Well, that's what the maraschino's for. Yeah, exactly. What do you want? I'm just like this part of the movie. I feel there's something missing, kind of like the the vacancy of of Manhattan real estate. Five ounces of still water. No, no, no way. What about some? Uh, what about like a a large ice cube? Um, that's. I think we too much water. Well, what, what's something in your head, JT? Yeah. What, what's, what's something else that would go into the cocktail? Um. Well, I mean, the other thing that was in my head, I'm still thinking about the twin thing. So, but I know we have the cherries. But I was thinking maybe you, you pair better. it with a parrot. You pair it with a beer or something like that. Yeah, like, I, or some I, kind of chaser, like a yeah. You know, get something going where you've got one thing and then you've got another, and they they have some uh, conflict. Yeah, mm. just, just cheap beer. Also yeah, I mean, there's a lot of beer signs on in this closing scene, right, on the back of the wall. So I don't know if you just, like, throw a Miller Lite in there. You know, a little... Uh, actually... Oh, a little uh, MGD. Yeah, I think yeah. maybe you do you do the you do mm. the scotch, you do some maraschino, and then you, you do maybe a little topper of an MGD. Mm-hmm. Kind of similar to a Chili's Corona Rita thing. <laughs> you know? I like it. The tequila and the beer and the sweet and sour. Okay, title. What, what's it... What's it... Are we... We have twins. We have rules of engagement. Are we feeling very confident about any of this? Um, hmm. Do you want to combine, like, like, uh, or what about fun against advice to his unborn child? <laughs> no, <laughs> unborn I, child. That's, that's an interesting no, drink name. <laughs> Uh, Flanagan's advice might be nice. That's kind of that's a nice. We've had a previous drink called Flanagan's Obit, right? Yeah. Fla- uh, Finne- Finnegan's Obit. Yeah. Um. Flanagan's advice. I like that, but how about we make it Flanagan's advice to his unborn child? In parentheses. Oh, how about just advice to an unborn child? Advice to an unborn Unborn children. Advice to an... What about advice to twins? Advice... What about twins advice? Twin vice. Twin vice. Twin Twin vice. Uh... Uh, upcoming twins, pending twins, future twins, future twin advice. 
Twit- a future <laughs> twins with a Z at the end. Future twins with a Z at the end. Um, that's not bad. <laughs> I, I, I think it's pretty good. All right, that's great. Lock it. We don't have any time left, so that works okay, fine. So we have we have scotch. Uh, let's say one point five ounces. Yep. Uh, maraschino. Uh, would say one ounce. Um. Yeah. Uh. uh no. An ounce. No. 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 Uh, two and one. <laughs> Half an ounce. Half an ounce. Mar- yeah. Maraschino. Okay. Yep. So is the MGD chaser or MGD floated on top? I think an MG, MGD as like a soda kind of. On. Yeah. Okay. So, so an ounce and a half, two ounces. Just float, float, float the. No, yeah. no, no. We got to specify a quantity. Fill up the glass. Yeah. Oh, oh, fill the glass with. Yeah, yeah that's yeah, cool. Specify okay. glass. In a old fashioned glass. Uh, double. Double fashioned glass. Okay. I love it with ice. Um. You. You uh, shake the maraschino and scotch with with crushed ice and then strain. Okay. And then two cherries sorted. Okay. That has been drink of the up. Um, yeah. Wonderful. Good drink. Really, really, really nice drink. All right, we got to do. We really got to move because we got to do flare in the air here. Yeah. That's the sound of flare. (laughs) This is the yeah. So this is flare in the air. This is the part of the show. It's a veritable flare's eye view. Flying overhead uh, when we we rate the movie as a whole as a whole. No time for any of that. Ra- ra- okay, so rating the movie as a whole as a whole, one to five stars. No half stars. No take backs. Uh, no gimmies. No um, average mean mean in mode. All have to equal two point five. Three, two, one, four, four stars. stars. What do we have in the four stars? Four nice. stars. Okay, uh, movie up until these five minutes, which is basically the whole movie Including, minus some credits. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Ready. Three, two, one, four stars. stars. Oh, I want five. Five? Wow. You think the ending credits really, really really killed it? I think the ending brought it down. Okay. Yeah. Um, After uh, hearing the book. After hearing the book. These five minutes. Ready? Yeah. Three, two, one. One star. Three stars. I say one star. Three stars. Three stars, three stars, one star. All right. That has been Flare in the Air. Nice. Contact info. Contact info. It's time for some contact info. Here's how you can contact us if you want to contact us. Earful, earful, staff at earful of cocktail.com. Cocktail.com. Twitter? Twitter? Is that Twitter? What? What? Earful of Earful of is Twitter. Earful of is Twitter. Earful of is Twitter. Earful of is Twitter. Add Earful of. Hello. 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 Earful of? Convoy. 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 Mito almost dead. Mito. Okay, wow. Well, only one more of those to go. Um, all right. Uh, that's what happens when you record something over itself I 20 right times. I right into my full footprint like five times there. It's really satisfying. <laughs> yeah. Talking to yourself from the past. All right. That has been an earful of Cocktail. Thank you. We'll be back for one more episode in the future, and that'll do it. Yep. I will stick, stick with, with the, the broom. broom. Darling. Well, maybe some fruit cocktail then. Milk, hot chocolate.